0: Welcome to At the Crossroads. Today's episode will be entitled Sons of Immigrants, as we discuss the United States and the current events of the day. Um, If you aren't aware, tomorrow would be Election Day, November 3rd. Welcome, everyone.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, uh, yeah, thank you for coming. (laughs) I feel like I'm the producer now. (laughs) Go ahead, Um, run it. Yeah. We're all the producers. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> Speaking of the producers. I'm not <laughs> producing anything.
0: <laughs> More, you're producing quality content on this show. That's,
2: Very, why, that's why you're here. <laughs> Very well. <laughs> <If you laughs> well <say so. laughs> who am I to argue with a couple of guys with laptops? With facts. I don't have a laptop. Facts and logic.
1: I know we do have laptops, huh? For research
2: purposes and
1: recordings. recording purposes.
0: Yeah, this is our first rodeo, guys.
1: Oh, if we've been here before. It this is seem, the first time it might for four. Like <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we started. We got this. Okay, so the premise behind today's episode is to discuss, uh, like you said, current events, but also the elections, and then also to think about um, what the social and cultural ramifications are, but also to say that the. Uh, to say that politics isn't isn't what's like most important in our lives so obviously we bring we can bring the christian and biblical perspective to what we're seeing and how to discuss that and give people because in in our current day and age we have a lot of um misinformation fake news so on and so forth so obviously it's important that they hear the truth and so the the best way we can do that is to talk about the scripture so
0: so that's why we have pastor liso and pastor, pastor, jacob, with and pastor us
1: jacob here today they know a lot of things about the Bible. About stuff. About stuff. <laughs> about stuff. They know a lot, but they don't know everything. <laughs>
3: That's correct. <laughs> Fact check,
1: 100%. That's the most true statement I've, I've ever known to be have said. So I guess to, the, the first question is who you guys are voting for. No, I'm just kidding. Um, what, what is, uh, what's something that you see that in terms of like, perspective on on the candidates that you think is true and and a statement that is false. So you can go Biden or Trump. Let's start there.
3: Something that's true something that's false? Want to go first, Jacob? No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let me see. Something that's true about Biden?
0: Um, Or maybe what do we perceive... Yeah, As being true versus what we're being told in the media or certain circles about the two candidates.
3: Well, uh, certainly probably the biggest issue that we're facing right now, from my perspective, is um, the fact that the media, the left, uh, the political left, and the media are portraying Trump as being a racist. Uh, And I think that's probably the biggest, most hurtful thing that's going on that's not true about Trump. That I don't think is true about Trump, uh, obviously. uh, That's my perspective of it. Um, And uh, that being said, I I don't think that Joe Biden is a racist, like the way they are accusing people of being racist today. Um, But I do think that he's old school racist. Uh, the kind of old school racist that uh, still say certain words that are not politically correct and, or not used anymore today uh, or not practiced or, or used as offensive. And I think that he's that kind of old school. Um, uh, and and I, I will say racist, but uh, I, I it's just old school white man, old white man that uh, came from a certain era and talked a certain way, was in a was around and in and around certain circles, political circles that were definitely racist, full blown racist, right? Uh, and so I, I don't think that is being that's being portrayed as no big deal. And it's no small part that his running mate accused him of being racist, straight up, in the you know in the <clears throat> excuse me in the primary, and uh, just straight up. Uh, accusing him of being racist, and um, so, anyways, I think because I think that's the biggest, most horrible thing that we're dealing with right now in our country, We've, you know, in regards to critical race theory and whatnot, Black Lives Matter and all that stuff is based around. It's, it, I think, it all started by accusing the president of being racist, and then just fomenting that um, that narrative, which I don't consider to be true. I consider Joe Biden to be more racist. Than than Don, uh, the Donald Trump, from that perspective, as far as that detail is concerned.
2: Yeah, I agree 100. percent. That's um, one of. I remember one of the first things that I saw when Trump first announced that he was running uh, way back before the 2016 elections, and I saw that speech that everybody was all up in arms about, um, and, you know, I, I, at first, I was like, man, this guy's a racist, and my first initial, like, emotional reaction was, this guy's talking bad about Latinos, uh, I cannot abide this, and, you know, all that self-righteous stuff, but then I, you know, I, I believe what the Word of God says, and it says that that nobody is good that there is not one good person in this world and and we're all flawed and and so I I thought to myself well is it true that you know there's bad people everywhere yes is it true that there are criminals in Mexico yes that is very true and we see that with the involvement of the cartels and just corruption and different crime and you know, so I had to ask myself, what What am I so angry about? So the truth is that I I'm all those things. You know, if if I'm honest with myself about the sin nature, you know, I I am I am all all the bad of this world, and I'm all the potential good of this world, and uh, that that is. That is one thing that I also don't believe to be true about Donald Trump is that he has this sinister plot to, you know, uh, put down or make life difficult for certain Americans, for certain races of Americans. And, um, you know, uh, I... I also don't believe uh, it to be true that he doesn't have this nation's best interest in that his motives are are based on on this nation's uh, best interest. You know, is is he a good guy? I believe what the Bible says about that. Uh, but then again, because I know that to be true about myself. I am not you know, now trying to find a good person to vote for, you know, uh, and so that's kind of how I've been approaching it. You know, I, uh, I was I was telling uh, Eliseo and Gabriel earlier that I, I grew up listening and believing that the Republican Party was the Republican of racists, and I shouldn't vote for them because they were racist, and that they hated Mexicans, and that they wanted to deport all the Mexicans, and... Uh, so, therefore, I should not like or associate myself with Republicans, but then come every election year, all the adults in my life would vote for Republicans because they were God-fearing people. So, it, you know, growing up was very confusing um, because on one hand, I believed wholeheartedly that Republicans are racist, but then... You know, the actions of all the adults in my life were were voting for this guy because he's a Christian. Um, so that 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 was part of like my soul searching as far as it came to um, the way I vote and the way I I view politics in the U.S.
3: And I agree, like, I, I prefer my races to be Christian. <laughs> <laughs>
0: At least he's a decent racist. <laughs> he's a God-fearing so, racist. So in other words... I don't like secular racists. <laughs> in, in other words, Maury, you're saying that we're all scumbags in the eyes of God. Well, the, my, message, the Bible,
2: the 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 Bible says saying? we're not good. <laughs> <laughs> scumbags. The Bible doesn't go as far as name-calling, Maury. Hoodlums. <laughs> they might say hoodlums. It might say hoodlums. <laughs> might say
0: hoodlums. <laughs> I mean, that's... yeah. That's a pretty good point as far as understanding that we all have the sinful nature within us and to understand that you voting for a candidate that's perceived as good, as morally superior, it doesn't make it so. And like you're saying, it doesn't matter what political party affiliation there might be. We're not voting on the basis of, well, this guy, he looks like a good guy. He sounds like a good guy, and I think he would do a good job. I mean, I... Like circling you know back to our previous uh White House, and I was telling Gabriel, I was like that's how, in a lot of ways that's how Obama was perceived. He was the golden calf of the left, he was the golden calf of the mainstream media, and I mean to the point where this guy, even today, this guy can do no wrong like that's correct you will not hear anybody that's mainstream that's influential.
3: Establishment.
0: Establishment say anything negative towards Obama, towards Michelle Obama, any anything having to do with his presidency. And and I think, yeah, Trump himself is, is a is a reaction to that that level of of uh elitism, if I can Absolutely. put it that way.
3: Absolutely.
0: So it, it's and I try to like I've tried to kind of bring that to you know, to people's Attention that, in a lot of ways Trump, politically speaking, as far as policies concerned and what have you, he reminds me more of a '90s, you know, moderate Democrat, moderate Republican, however you want to phrase it. And yeah, in, in, in today's world, it seems it seems like it's the end of democracy <laughs> compared to what you know, to what people want versus uh, what's actually going on. But and, and I think for, for me, if it's in the last four years, I can say. It's not so much trump's policies that are that are so offensive or so repulsive, I think it's just his personality that people again the stand the gold standard the golden calf is Obama, and we just can't we can't accept Trump for any reason whatsoever and I think that that's that's what that's what's getting in the way granted yeah you could say you know in some in some cases trump you know he could tone it down a little bit but then how far would that actually get him to to do what he needs to do or do you know calling out the going <laughs> out the, the the fake news media, <laughs> media that's so effective it, i mean it's so it's so um yeah it it's just it speaks to where we're at and i mean like, like i said with gabriel talking about um being morally superior and it, it's evident in how, even just even just how trump Talks and how he, he, uh, <laughs> how he uses you know certain slang and certain terms where we saw at the last debate people were confused about the term coyote. Oh
1: my
4: god!
0: <laughs> and it's you know and it's these are very you know big brain intellectual people with blue check marks saying does Trump really think that these. Dog, these small dog like animals are assisting illegal immigrants across the southern
2: border of the United States into America. Come on, you can't be that stupid. Meanwhile, in the Arizona desert, a coyote brings a large group of immigrants across the border, <laughs> border illegally.
0: No, right, it, it, it just, I, guess, I think to me, it just speaks to the kind of, kind of person Trump is as far as he gets it. He understands these little details that the people that are telling us that we're, you know, they're speaking from the mountaintop, we're the smart ones, follow us, and, and just follow along, people. And Trump's just, you know, he's, he's, he's out there being Trump, basically.
3: He's just being who he is. And, and, and for me, from the get-go, um, I followed Trump from 2012, from about 2012 I started. Uh, when I joined Twitter in 2012, uh, one of the first people I <clears throat> followed was Donald Trump. And uh, I followed a wide range of people, and uh, um, and he was one of them. And so, see, I've been following him since t- 2012, and and I saw I saw him rise to that position, and I saw people by the millions begging him to run, and him saying na 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 na, nah. until finally in 2016 or 2015 he. He made a decision, but uh he was always commenting, always trolling you know <laughs> obama and but the things that he had to say it was made sense and it, it, and a lot of and a lot of people supported it so he's had a, a following on Twitter uh with his popularity and whatnot and and anybody who's been following him for a while knows that and so I think what's different about him and other politicians, especially other presidential candidates is that he had a really strong following. His bait, he bought he brought a, he didn't have to start from scratch um, or from, you know, uh, uh, playing, you know, the political games that people have to play in order to get support and whatnot. He didn't start like that. He just came in like a wrecking ball. And, and had a base already, he had a people's support that uh, the people that egged him on and they said we'll vote for you, and finally he made his decision to run, and every he, there was a big, large group of people already um, uh, in full support, and 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 had convinced them to run. So I saw that rise, and so then I saw how everything switched on the media in 2015 once he got the candidacy they didn't take him seriously. But then once he became the candidate, they still didn't take him seriously. Mm-hmm. But uh, they started, you know, the attacks started coming. And um, and so when, uh, I saw the change in the media, the CNN, MSNBC. I would always follow, you know, listen to Morning Joe. And it was a pretty good show. And then I saw the left and the, 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 the MSN, just changed. It, if you were and if you weren't paying attention, you didn't you didn't know that they changed. And they just switched in full on assault on on Donald Trump. And uh, and then after he got elected, it was a shock to the left. And so it was just from then on, it was full blown. How do we get this guy out of office? Mode. And 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 to where, to where we are today, it's just shameless. Uh, uh, where we were talking before uh, we started the podcast, uh, that it's crazy to say that the media doesn't even matter anymore. It's that what they're saying doesn't matter. I mean, it. Ma- I mean, it matters in the sense that they're trying to influence a, wh- a whole group of people that follow them that don't know that they've, they're no longer giving the news. You know? Um and. and uh, but to those who have been paying attention know that th- they e- they made themselves completely irrelevant for the sake of hatred you know for for the sake of i don 't like this guy you know? and 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 it had nothing to do because and here 's my 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 thing with about the, all of that is that they were all sucking up to him f- until he started running, and even then. They were still, you know, uh, giving him free airtime, okay, because they didn't take him seriously, first of all. But and they knew him because they all knew him, and, and that's the other thing about Trump is that um, you didn't have to do vetting on Trump. He's been vetted his whole life. Everybody, he lived his life in front of the, you know, in, in public, through the media. Everybody knows how many divorces he had. Everybody knows how many, you know, uh, uh, he had the. Uh, Miss, you know, Miss America pageant. Everybody is aware of that. Okay, um, so people who voted for Donald Trump weren't voting for him because he was a good guy, or because he was a solid, you know, Christian, or you know, you know, <laughs> he, he, he w- they weren't voting for him because of, of um, they, they weren't voting for him but had anything to do with him being a righteous person, so to speak, or. A, such a spiritual person, a such a moral person, that we want him to be our leader. That's not the reasons people voted for him. That's not the reason people voted for him. That certainly isn't the reason I voted for him. Uh, it, it I, I voted for him in spite of those things because I believe that the polished politicians were worse than him. Uh, or they weren't being hip. They were being hypocrites. He's not being a hypocrite. He's not pretending to be anything he's not. He's just being who he is and always has been, and we don't have to guess. No other president has ever been like that. Straight, you don't have to guess what he's thinking, what he thinks about anybody. (laughs) You don't have to guess what he's. I wonder what he thinks about Fauci. You have, you don't have to guess. You just have to look at his tweets, and and then you know it doesn't matter what his press secretary says. You know he's going to give his own opinion. Okay, they'll give the polished one, and he'll give his own real opinion, uncut, raw, director's cut. <laughs> you know, like, uh, and you know they give, they try because that the game is to present the polished spin, right? And that's the game. But he doesn't play the game, and that's why they can't stand him.
0: He plays without
3: the curtain, so to speak. He's like, let's do this out in the open. <laughs> and, and and while that's breaking a lot of norms. Uh for a lot of people I believe that the norms are, the norms that we've had are, have betrayed us. You know, the norms that we've had betrayed us and and those norms have destroyed the nation in the way that, you know, they have, you know, financially and whatnot, economically and whatnot. It has uh, <clears throat> brought us to a place where, where people, a lot of people were not, in support of the direction the nation moved, especially in the last eight years, right? So, like you're saying, Trump was a um, Trump was a a, a a response, a reaction to what had happened in the last eight years. Because in the last eight years, for example, in the last eight years, they shoved uh, the homosexual agenda down everybody's throat. Okay. And uh, more, th- twice, maybe three times, I forget how many times we voted in California, there was like a two-thirds majority that voted against right. the, the the sanctity of marriage or to uphold the sanctity of marriage, right? And it was right after everybody had voted Barack Obama in, right, and so the black community, you know, uh, everybody, vote, you know, the, you know, all the black people, the people that were black, almost the majority, you can say, voted for Barack Obama. Simply because he was black no, for no other reason okay um and uh and that's the right to <laughs> you can, that's your right that's the that's the thing uh, there's no there's nothing to say about that I mean you can vote whoever you want for whatever reason you want that's the whole point of you know our voting system uh but they did so but and then right afterwards um f- uh, so in history. What happened with the civil rights movement? um, uh, They made advances in the '60s, right, with the civil rights movement, and uh, with Martin Luther King, Jr., and then uh, with the signing—you know—Johnson signs in uh, uh, the Civil Rights Act, and and which made major changes in the um, in that uh, demographic, Um, as far as rights and access and whatnot is—you know—all that is concerned. Um, And he famously is saying that I'll have, you know, um, those N-word, right, voting Democrat for 100 years or however many years. For the next 200 years. For the next 200 years, right? And so, uh, and uses the N-word when he says it, right? So uh, it's, it's, but that that was an advancement, okay? Um, But under that umbrella of civil rights, uh, very subtly and very um I want to I want to give them credit because it was very shrewd the ho- the homosexual movement came in and 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 snuck in under the umbrella of civil rights okay even though it's not a civil rights issue i do not consider the homosexual uh, uh agenda a civil rights issue which is how they made it and so they married themselves to the Civil Rights Act and the Civil Rights, and so they basically equated themselves to blacks and the and the, and, the, and the, um, what it what it was to be black in, in the oppression of the black com, uh, community. Okay, and so they snuck in under that umbrella, and said we are oppressed in the same way. Okay, um, and, and so but what they found out. In the 2008 election, when when, they, uh, f- uh, when everybody voted for Barack Obama, they thought, "Oh, good, we're going to pass you know gay marriage now," because there's a, you know all the black community. This is civil rights. We have a black president. It's you know, and they've always been under that umbrella of civil rights. Anything connected to that civil rights uh, movement, and so they tried. That's imme- that's why immediately they went for the um, to pass gay, gay marriage. And and what happened is that they were they were shocked that two-thirds majority of people around there said absolutely not. And a big part of that group were blacks. Okay? The big part of that group, that group were blacks. And so they felt betrayed by the black community and said so publicly. That how can you we supported you? How is it that you're not supporting us? Well, and the black community, they're not down with people being homosexual in the way the, the the postmodern movement is pushing all that agenda, or in the fem. And it goes in hand in hand also with the feminist movement as well, which is a lot of the power that has gone through with the social reconstruction portion of our country. That's in, that really went into effect. And it, everything happened in the sixties for the country the country shifted in the sixties and so uh but they were shocked and they said, oh let's try it again and defeat it twice and they couldn't they they couldn't get past that the black community wasn't supporting them and so that that was a uh, and so and so that was the democratic process that's what the Constitution says to do, and then in comes the Supreme Court. And deems it unconstitutional.
0: And and just to, so we can preference, that was, this is all after the civil union, right? Uh, I think it was Bush. I think it was his uh, executive order, it might have been. But I know that that was already in place before Obama comes, like you're saying, Obama comes in. It was an
3: issue that that they didn't have rights, they just wanted to have everything. Right They wanted to have everything they could they could and and, and as far as no, there was no such thing as tax purposes or anything like that. they had all those rights yeah. under uh, previous uh, uh, legislation or policies, uh, but they wanted it to be completely recognized as legit like, re- like uh, is traditional marriage was is is, is and was recognized um, and 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 were defeated embarrassingly or rather overwhelmingly mm-hmm. defeated it was decisively thank you it was decisively defeated at the ballot box which is the way it should be as far as our republic runs you know right. that's where that's where you know if you're going to make such a a drastic policy change you better have the people on board or you're going to have some serious problems Okay. because um um It's one thing to change the law and change the policy, and and it's another thing to change the heart. And those those two things are two separate things. Two separate things. And so a lot of that stuff came in during that time, and then there's a big backlash from conservatives. Because what it did, from what I can see, is that it woke conservatives up, Christians, that didn't really pay attention to politics. I didn't pay attention to politics. I, I didn't start paying attention to politics until that, this very thing, the homosexual uh, vote and all of that, and then when the Supreme Court came in and deemed it unconstitutional and then made it law, like, that's, the, the Supreme Court had no business doing any of that and, and, and overriding the will of the people and uh, the will of the vote, the ballot box. And they took, uh, they usurped authority that wasn't theirs. Why? Oh, yeah, because uh, it favored, the courts favored the liberal ideology. God forbid we have liberal ideology, right? And then now, you know, with the now it's it's leaning conservative,
0: that's illegal. You can't
1: have that. They're breaking all the rules. <laughs> Packing the court.
0: Packing <laughs> the court. But in, in just to go really quick, go back and go back to the whole civil rights movement. In essence, um, a lot of that was that was put right. That was presented to the American public. That was put forth. A lot of that was as we can see, you know, looking back, that was disguised as a civil rights movement. But in essence, this is nothing new to what they call the red revolution or cultural Marxism coming into play. And like you're saying, there's, they're throwing in these different categories, these different causes and what have you. And underneath it all, you know, first it's, you know, equality and it's, it's uh, equal treatment under the law, equal rec- rec- uh, equal recognition. But then, like you're saying, underneath that, it's it's still interesting how that all took place in the '60s as well, yeah. where we saw the political movements change, and we did see the the cultural movement from hippie, the hippie era, and and when Berkeley, what have you. The courts took
3: power; they usurped a uh, big portion. It, the way that happened, they couldn't do it the 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 right way, just through the ballot box. Right. They couldn't do it that way, so then they usurped the courts, and, and very shrewdly. I, 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 I give the homosexual movement, the feminist movement, all that movement, I, I, the postmodernists. I give them credit because they were shrewd enough, and, I, and Jesus says that the children of darkness are more shrewd than the children of light. They're more, they're more cunning, and and this is one of the ways they the atheists those who abandoned the church or spiritual or uh, 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 the well uh, uh, formal religion they abandoned it during those times right and they then began to um, they, f- they didn't just abandon it uh, politics became their religion politics became what their life was about and and uh, and so they, uh, like uh, uh, in our talks with uh, about, with Jordan Peterson you know in the absence of religion we make up our own right inevitably inevitably it's it's un, it's inevitable you're going if you have an absence of religion you will create your own system of morality and so what uh, what i see happened is is that in leaving the formal religion they created politics um, politics became their their morality and, and and their means of being moral and, un, you know, um, um, through social justice uh, venues or um,
0: um, causes. Or well, another way to put it, the state became the idol. The state became their god.
3: At, at that point, and at that point, what happens is that um, without knowing... Um, the, the state and the church were no longer separate.
4: Mm.
3: Because it wasn't a recognized religion. And that's why I say it snuck in. It snuck in. It wasn't a recognized religion like the other ones were. And so it, we, everybody's trying to keep away the religion from state. And And all the while, it, by the way, while they were doing that and crying out separation of church and state, they developed a morality and politics was it and they and, and thereby married the church and the state
4: mm-hmm.
3: i don't know if that makes sense but uh um it it, it the, the way i'm trying to articulate it but it's it so postmodernism became their their official religion
0: well they usurped the church right they the, the state what uh, became
3: their new morality and so they began to then focus that's why i say they didn't just leave the church they didn't just leave religion they came out and they had a plan and they united and they focused on taking positions of power in the politics where Christians didn't do that stuff. And former religious people didn't care about that. that. That wasn't the main center of their lives. That was just, this is how we ran the government and we voted, sure, or maybe we didn't because whatever, you know, it's not, you know, what life is about. Politics is not what, you know, life is about. Uh, but it not for these people. Not for the left. Not for these people that abandoned religion. They, their life became politics. And their world became politics. And their, moral, and their morality structure was, came around it. And so they sought those positions of power. And they got them. Hmm. And that was very shrewd. And that's how they got control of the, of the Supreme Court. That's how they got control of all the other things they got control of. That's how they got control of the school systems. No prayer in school. Yeah. And that's during the 60s where they out loud the prayer
1: was it dr mcgee right dr mcgee
3: my beloved is that's the one you're talking about he uh
1: i was reading his outline um lee shared an app of his and he is outlining kind of the like the pretext to getting to scriptures and he has his notes and whatnot he mentioned in there about how it's important to have christians um within the government to have christian values and ideals. So would you say that it's important for, for Christians to be more involved? Do you think that was a mistake?
3: No, I, I don't think it was a mistake. I mean, if you look anything hindsight, you're like, oh, it's a mistake. We should have got more involved in politics. I don't think so. I think it was a mistake for the left to make politics their religion. Mm. I think the main problem we have right now is that people are making politics everything. That's the problem. And and everything's and political. Everything's political. That's the problem. That's the problem.
0: I mean, we're at a point, <laughs> listening to Tim Pool, we're at a point where, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Daryl Davis. He's a, a blues a blues keyboardist, blues player, African American, and he's been converting KKK members since, I believe, the early oh, 80s. Oh, yeah. yeah, I heard about him. Okay, so he had a speaking engagement, and Tim Pool was there, and... And Tifa showed up, and they threatened to burn down the venue where he was supposed to speak. It was a theater. And across the street, they had an after party. I think it was a, a hotel, restaurant, what have you. And uh, so they canceled the speaking event, and they were still going to have the after party the, uh, the irony, right? Right. <laughs> and so, so anyway, so Daryl Davis comes out, because he's like, I want to speak to this mob. This, this mob of you know, predominantly young white people. And when he got out there, he was trying to reason with them, and they accused him of being a Nazi.
4: <laughs>
0: You're a Nazi because you associate and you speak with KKK members, and they just wouldn't hear this guy out. Again, this guy's been doing this since the '80s. He's been literally converting like grand Nazis. wizards, and
3: he's converting Nazis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he he said
0: all all what happened was he heard he saw a news segment one time, and and they said you know there were. Speaking their their uh, their whole platform, hating you know minorities, black people, what have you, and that Daryl Davis was just like, these people don't know me. How can they hate me? How could you say that you hate me? You don't know me. And then just from that starting, that was a starting point for the last you know thirty five odd years, forty years, where he's made an effort to speak to the other side, and that's I mean. Sadly, that's what we're losing—just our senses here. We're losing our our ability to reason with these bad ideas. That's what I kind of refer to. That's because
3: they're not coming at it from a a reasonable position. They're not approaching it from a reasonable position. Uh, They're coming at it from a very primitive position Mm -hmm. approach. Their disposition is primitive. And so, when we think about primitive, what we what we know about primitive is that it's just very compulsive uh, uh, emotions, raw emotions, compulsive, and and it's not about reasoning. And so, um, and so, what that reminds me of is Cain. Uh, uh, it's I look at Cain in, in the story of Cain and Abel, and and that's primitive, that's raw. Raw hatred, for no for no good reason whatsoever, other than uh, maybe uh, uh, envy, you know, which is a raw emotion too, a very raw, primitive emotion, envy. Um, and so that's what I'm saying. It's very compulsory. Uh, and when you're feeling envy, you just want to destroy whatever your object of envy is. You want to put it out. You want to be away with it. And it's not. You're not trying to reason. You're just trying to make it disappear.
0: You don't like it. You disagree it's with it. <laughs> it's not personal.
3: It's not personal. That's the amazing thing about it. That's And so uh, that's why the scriptures are going to say, uh, um, uh, uh, man, I can't quote it directly, but the, the the idea that the Proverbs says over and over, and then the New Testament as well, is that um, it's, it's foolishness for you to... Uh, to reason or try to reason or or to speak wisdom to a scoffer or to a foolish person. He says, reprimand the wise person; they get wiser. Reprimand the fool, and they'll loathe you, and and, uh, and 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 scoff at you. Right? Uh, it's uh, arguing with the foolish person is the person who argues with the foolish person is foolish. <laughs> that's what this, that's what Proverbs is saying. It's like, why would you waste your time arguing with the foolish person? They're not interested in a reasonable argument or a rational argument at all. Those people cannot be, you cannot change their mentality, their disposition, anything. They're not after anything reasonable. There's a good line also in the in the Batman with Alfred, right? Um, was it the last one? The Dark Knight Rises, I believe.
0: Some men just want to watch the world burn. That's right.
3: That line, I think it has to do with that. uh, that That's very true. And it has to do with this line, or or what we're talking about. He says, some people just want to... You're trying to find out why people want to burn the world. I said, some people just want to see the world burn. They don't have a reason why. They just want to see it burn. It's just a primitive, compulsive... uh, uh, It's an impulse. It's It's a... What we consider, it's a raw sinful nature impulse and it doesn't have it's not personal it can be if you want it to be if you try to reason with it it'll get personal real quick (laughs) (laughs) but they're out to burn down the world they're not not really it's not really about you and your business it's just about the whole idea
0: system it's
3: a system right and that and that and that's the uh, uh we were talking about uh the first question you guys asked um What is true or what is something not true? That is a big one. Systemic racism is a big, uh, it's a big deception. It's deceitful. And it's meant to be that way. Because you can't, there's no solution for it. Unless you can tell me what systemic racism is. (laughs) In very, very literal terms and very isolated into one variable. Then you can solve it. If you can do that, that's we know that about math, right? Isolating an equation, you know, a variable, and so that you can uh, solve for it. Uh, but this is like, there's 26 variables. Solve for y. <laughs> <laughs> oh, throw in a couple of uh,
1: imaginary numbers, <laughs> just for good. And,
3: and just for and just for good measure, they're all irrational numbers. <laughs> What no, th- a joy
0: to work with the irrational numbers. But <laughs> speaking, speaking to that, what you, what you just said about um, the whole civil rights movement, and earlier we were discussing um, the black community and how in a lot of ways, and this is something that Thomas Sowell and others have mentioned, I believe Ben Shapiro is also another person that's, that has mentioned this too, that the civil rights movement was, it was deemed as a good thing for the black community, but then, you look at the actual statistics and where the black community was before the civil rights movement, where the um, more black families were intact pre civil rights movement in the 1950s and so forth versus white versus white families. So you we're we we're, we're not pointing out the disparity here, or we're not pointing out the the harm that this trade-off has been of we're getting rid of the Jim Crow laws, but at the same time, you know, single parenthood within the black community rose up. Um, the communities were impoverished. And this is something that, you know, again, the state, you know, coming in and people worshiping the state, that took place. And so now instead of families being put together, now, well, the single, this young single mom, she can just marry the state and she doesn't need a a man in her life because again going back to the 60s revolution and what have you and the impact that had so now it's uh, what now it's what 70 something odd percent of of black children it's are born really out of, out of devastating in the black
3: community it's devastating right because I for me I'm like, like how do you get better from there it's almost impossible right I mean unless something miraculous oh yeah unless God gets involved and that ain't coming
0: back that, and <laughs> Right, and that's where... Not anytime soon. And that's where where Malcolm X, his words are echo in time, and he's saying, don't don't trust the white liberal. The white liberal is the fox in disguise. You can see the wolf, you know, out in the bushes somewhere, and, and you know he's up to no good, but the fox comes in and lies to you and, and deceives you into thinking, oh, I'm here to help you. Like you, were, you were speaking of, of uh, Vice President Biden and how he comes from that era, that era of... These these white elitist liberals, you know, back in what's the seventies, they had a, a different agenda. They Had a totally different agenda that that even even uh, LBJ spoke of. You know, he, he said black people are becoming more uppity, so we just give them a little bit to be happy, to to kind of suppress it a little bit, and enough for them to not complain anymore.
3: Right, throw them a and uh, but but those dynamics. Uh, the, it, that's what I'm saying. You can't just singly look at it from a single aspect, because at the same time, all, that's why I mentioned the homosexual movement. At the same time, this homosexual movement came in under the civil rights, and feminism came in under the civil rights. All, all of that actually, feminism was a little bit before, but but feminism was a big, big power of that. So when it, it was during that time where the you know the birth control pill came into play, uh, and and changed the dynamics of relationships altogether. Just, just single-handedly, is the most transformative technology, probably. Period. In, in, you know, uh, as far as social, uh, um, uh, as far as social uh, structure and norms are concerned, the the birth control pill was just. It just transformed everything. Transformed everything, um, uh, and and. Uh, Jordan Peterson is going to make a very big point about that, and, and it really expands on that, on the scientific aspect of where, from a scientific perspective, um, or an evidence-based perspective, he uh, he's going to expand on that, on the, the reality of that, and how it changed. And he's he, and he's on record saying we still don't even know if it, you know if anything good came out, like if it's positive, of you know the if it was positive. It's sure looking negative. Like, it actually had a really horrific negative impact on our society, right? Um, so, but the reason I'm saying this is because uh, when you come into the black community, they're going to be pushing contraceptives. They're going to be pushing the, the pill. They're going to be pushing it. Number one recipients Number of abortion. Number one recipients is going to be, uh, they're going to be targeted. you are going to be targeted. And they're not going to be targeted because they want to liberate those women, Okay. No just they're, look at look at the got, founders they're they're not targeting them because they want to liberate them, and we know we support black women that's not the reason why they're doing it they're targeting them so that they don't have more black babies founders of
0: black of uh, Planned Parenthood that that's was absolutely part of the Margaret singer you know?
3: yeah. and so it, it's it's that's they're on record they're on video they don't have to go look searching deeper you just google it and a it, boom it'll come up if they haven't suppressed it. But that's a different story. Uh, uh, but it, it's there. It's it's all, it's everywhere. It's not, it's like hidden. Everybody knows that. Uh, and, and so with, you know, with that whole birthing of the, the plant repair, but okay, so abortions, okay, let's bring abortion into it. And so abortion, uh, because of a lack of pill or because of the use of pill, either one, okay, uh, uh, it, abortions come into play. They don't, u- they're not using contraceptives and so they start pushing contraceptives, especially the pill, okay? Um, and then, but either they're not using them or they're not using them right or they're not 100% effective. Either way, but the whole point of the whole contraceptive thing is that it doesn't, it doesn't uh, decrease sexual activity, it increases the sexual activity. That's, I mean, we literally call it the sexual revolution. <laughs> You know, and so it's because it increased fornication in the scripture, fornication, premarital sex, fornication increased off the charts. It went and it became the social quote unquote norm, so to speak. Not, I mean, not accepted, but it was not hidden anymore. It was in your face. Very much like the homosexual movement is now, right? So, uh, in that way. And so you have the feminist influence. And and, and 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 so it's just not the black community and, and, and the civil rights movement and how it affected them. It's the feminist movement, how it affected the black community, and then it's the homosexual movement, how it affected the uh, um, the, the the black community as well, and then p- social policies that were being made, especially when we're talking about welfare, and how it crippled them right and took away their dignity altogether. And then, and then you add to that on top of it, you add, you know, crime bills and policies that, like people like and, and politicians like Joe Biden,
0: like the '94 crime bill.
3: Okay, <laughs> like people like uh, politicians like Joe Biden that created that just brutalized not just uh, the black comm- uh, black men, and brutalized the black men. It just as if the community could take any more hits,
0: putting a gas can over was, a
3: bomb. Yeah, it was just like the, it was just uh, like Dave Chappelle says. Uh, you know, the war on drugs. It wasn't the war on drugs. It was you know, it was a war on black men. You know, it, it, it was it was a full on assault on the black community. I I I agree. That's true. I mean, how can you look at and and just any surface general reading of that time or any anything, any knowledge of that, and not come up with that, yeah, that was a complete brutal assault on on black men. Oh, now we're talking about single women, add contraception, add pills, add all this other stuff that's going on. There's a lot of things that are affecting it at the same time, and it's just has not been. It's been one wave crash over another on the black community. So when we talk about Black Lives Matter, do I believe Black Lives Matter? Well, who doesn't believe Black Lives Matter? But I understand what they're trying to say, but I don't think that the way they said it, and certainly not the platform they used to say it, uh, it, it, I think the platform they used to say it was just devastating for them, for for that cause. And I think in spite of it, going back to Trump, in spite of it, no president has done more for the black community, the betterment of the black community, like did President Trump. And like uh, Shapiro, like, say, he's a horrible racist. <laughs> a horrible racist. He's an incompetent racist, Trump is. So, I mean, it's so, yeah. Uh, do I feel that we need to help the black community? Am I against it? Absolutely not. Do I think I know how to solve it? <laughs> no. Do I think anybody knows how to solve it? Absolutely. Now, how do you get seventy-eight percent, you know, uh, 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 statistics down? How do you do that? You think money solves problem? That's hilarious. Money is just f- fuel. Money is fuel, and there's a fire. Throw fuel in a fire. Whew, it gets bigger. Money doesn't. And I think that's a, another big problem right now that we're dealing with with our nations, that we have so much money in the economy. And because the love of money is the root of all evil, man, the corruption just gathers. He says, where the, Jesus says, where the, where the, where the corpses are, he says, the vultures gather.
4: Right?
3: The vultures gather. And and, and so it attracts all this corruption, it attracts all these corrupt people, because there's so much money there. And, and, And I think, so the whole idea of laissez-faire, you know, government, which is supposedly conservative, which, okay, let's talk about something negative about Trump. Horrific. Horrific. His spending has been horrific. Probably worse than anybody else, right? And supposedly Republicans or conservatives are supposed to care about that. I do. I care about that. I care about that and because I understand that that's not just a, it's not just a, it's not a game.
0: It's not a little problem.
3: Right. <laughs> it's, not like, it's not a game. It's not a game in my own life. I'm trying to get rid of all my debt. We've been working really hard at doing that. And I know how hard it is to do that. It's, it's not easy. And I know I'm a part of that problem. So I take it seriously. And if I am conserving and if I am sacrificing, certainly the government should be doing that because I'm part of that national debt, you know. And uh I'm doing my part. right? Your fair share. Yeah. My fair share. <laughs> um that's got to be one of the uh, what is it? The one of the terms that's got to be done, you know, people has got to stop
0: using it. That one and just to be clear. Also. <laughs> but but it's not it's not socialism, it's democratic socialism. There's yes. a difference. Yes. <laughs> we vote <bought laughs> our way
3: into it. <laughs> Who <We> wants socialism? <laughs> I, nope. oh, the court was, oh, you didn't vote for socialism? It's okay. The, the Supreme Court will help you out you, there. You, <laughs> write to, you write to jail.
0: <laughs> Direct to jail.
2: You write
3: <laughs> to the
0: re, re-indoctrination camp. <laughs> oh, no,
3: no, what are you talking about? Those are called trainings. Training seminars. Those are training seminars. <laughs> conferences. Way better than re-education camps.
2: And we're not forcing you to be in those trainings, but they are mandatory. But if you don't
3: go... You
2: don't have a job, you don't have a job. <laughs> but it's your choice. <laughs> well, was it was it you that that uh, that pointed that out in one of our gatherings that another thing that they say about Donald Trump is that he's a fascist. Uh, I think I think it was you in one of our gatherings that said if he was really a fascist, <laughs> you, wouldn't, he, you wouldn't have people <laughs> people in his front lawn screaming out, "You're a fascist! You're a fascist!" Those guys would not be back the next day. <laughs> you mean like
0: uh, the Simpsons? George H. W. Bush would have the the snow plows out for the protesters. <laughs> he, he hired Homer to get rid of them.
2: <laughs> you would, qu- you, if he was a fascist, you would very quickly see the armed men that is, that are showing up to take them what, to jail. Where are the armed <laughs> men who take the protesters away? Where are they? <laughs> well, be, because there's been a lot of a lot of. Uh, examples of, of fascists in other governments and they don't take criticism lightly or you know well not even constructive criticism not even constructive criticism not even when it's coming from a good like a, place like a, like <laughs> from a, good intentions you're telling me that they don't have
0: a suggestion box like out, <laughs> right outside the door <laughs>
2: I think mean, that's the first thing that gets done away with once the the fascist I, once the fascist leader takes over. Goodbye, suggestion box. Like The comandante takes over. He doesn't like
4: that. <laughs> I don't
3: like that one. The fascist uh, uh, survey line or you know suggestion call line. One eight hundred, go to hell. <laughs> just that one. Yeah, go
2: to hell. They start dialing it, and then somebody comes and knocks on their door. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh. Hold on, there's somebody at the door. <laughs> but but your call's really important to us. But you should probably answer the door.
1: Yeah, I think um, someone like they talk about how he's a fascist. Fast, I can't say that word fascist, fascist. But they also talk about how he's like he's literally Hitler too. You literally know? Hitler. Yeah, literally Hitler, and it's like that's if you're gonna give a an insult. I think that's probably not the first place you want to start, and I think it's 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 weird, it's it's ironic or I don't know, funny to me that you know you have Ben Shapiro that's called a Nazi, you have
0: Orthodox Jew,
1: an Orthodox Jew that's called you know Jordan Peterson, Jordan Peterson. you you go down he's Canadian,
3: they're nice, <laughs> he's a nice Nazi, yeah, he's a nice Nazi, he could How I like my Nazis, by well well mannered <laughs> and articulate. <laughs> After. I like my Nazis
1: to make sense. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the ones that
3: don't.
1: And it's just like at a certain point like they just they just throw these criticisms and it's like you're just you're you a racist you're a bigot you're a Nazi and then lo and behold they call Trump that and it's like you called all these other people this that I know that are not, that I've been listening to and time and time again.
3: How can we take you seriously? How can I
1: take you seriously? How can I believe you? And and it's like you get asked the question over and over again. Will you denounce white supremacy and the KKK? And it's like, yes, I will. Oh, so you don't really denounce, you know, the KKK and white supremacy. And it's like over and over again at some point. You have know, you
3: done it in the last five minutes? Cause you <laughs> could have changed your mind in the last five minutes. <laughs> How do we know that you didn't disavow it, you know, an hour ago, and now you're like someone approached you and you're like, yeah, I think I'm gonna go Nazi,
1: <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. it's well, just shameful. It, it, I mean,
2: maybe uh, they ha- maybe they have a KKK. Um, what's his name? Daryl Davis. Maybe they have that guy. <laughs> he goes around and converts non-KKK people to like.
1: <laughs> the day that there is, uh, what's his name? Daryl Davis. Daryl. Daryl. There's Daryl. A
2: bizarro, a bizarro, <laughs> <laughs>
1: the day that he meets with with Trump, you know that Trump was a KKK member because that's the yeah, only right. reason why he would have met with them.
0: Yeah, only reason. Oh, to you know around. they're going to put that on their headline.
1: <laughs> no, but it's like
2: I I think I heard Ben Shapiro say this like, so they call you a racist, but how do you defend that? You know, you can't. right? Because it's like you say something that's that's exactly what a racist would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like it's like the old witch trials back then. We're gonna. We're gonna tie you up and we're gonna throw you in this water. We're gonna tie a rock to your legs and throw you in the water. If you sink, that's proof that you are guilty. But if you float, it's proof that you're a witch. (laughs) You know, it's like how do how do you win? How do you win that? How do you win that argument? I mean, it's not
0: only that. I mean, historically, most races, they've been pretty outspoken about what they think, how they feel, because how else would you know that they're racist if you know they're not having a a burning cross outside of their front lawn, and you know they're having a rally with their flags and what have you. It, it's silly. It really, at this point, it's just like Gabriel was saying, "It's just an it's." It, they're beating the dead horse, and it's now it's. Oh yeah, of course everyone's a racist Nazi. Yeah, like just that's why that that was the whole thing, right? Punch a Nazi, like that mm-hmm. was part of like Antifa's one of their buzz uh, slogans.
3: Like I, I mean, if if somebody calls me a racist, I'm. I'm that's fine. <laughs> I, I, I don't have a problem as long as you acknowledge that everyone else is too. Right. Yeah. You know, but it's when you tell me that I'm a racist, but somebody else is not, that's when I have a problem. That's when I have a
0: problem. Or, or as if all racism is created equal. That's another one too, where I'm like, this is silly. Like, granted, that somebody's prejudiced, fine, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, again, they have a burning cross or. They wear a white, a white hat, and a But for row. those
3: people that pass out participation trophies, that makes sense, so, right? <laughs> Everyone's a racist.
0: Everyone. <laughs> Equal opportunity.
3: <laughs> Equal opportunity racist. <laughs> I always say I don't discriminate. I'm not just you know I don't discriminate. You know I hate everybody equally. <laughs> there we go. If if we want true equality, wait. I hate all races equally.
0: <laughs> They're all scumbags. Starting with my own. <laughs> Beginning with Mexicans, actually. Can't stand Mexican race. <laughs> Sir, Mexicans, not a race. <laughs> I mean, colored people. Colored
4: people. <laughs> uh,
3: I was, uh, last night, uh, last, last night, my family was over, and uh, um, we celebrated my mom's 75th birthday. And... Um, we we watched, uh, Guess Who, again. I guess I watched it with uh, uh, Ashton Kutcher and Bernie Mac.
0: Oh, rest in peace, Bernie. Uh, uh
3: Guess Who, like that movie couldn't get made. Uh, no, not allowed. And I and as I was going through that, I was having these moments where I was like, it's unreal where we're at right now. Like all the things that they were arguing for in that movie that was good and positive, is considered be hundred percent racist right now. Right? So, like, they're saying, like, we, you know, the, when when the family, the black family is arguing, right? And, and in fact, it's showing how black people can be racist, because they didn't want the white guy, right? Uh, and so, and then it comes, finally, Bernie Mac comes through, and he's like, oh, he accepts the guy, right? But uh, uh, but part of that issue there that they were saying is, like, Daddy, I need you to tell me it's okay to, you know, um, to be with the white guy. And then he goes, but well, you can't, you know, the whole issue was he had quit his job because his his boss was a racist and told him not to marry, you know, the black girl. Hmm. And so uh and so he's like you can't be quitting your job every time someone says something bad about you guys. You're never going to make money he says, right? And and then, and then uh, she goes, "But daddy, uh uh you brought us up to not see color."
0: Wow. And that
3: really stuck out to me cuz I I'm like, "Oh my gosh, they're making the exact opposite, opposite argument. Uh, argument right now." He says, you brought us up to not see color. And yeah, that's what everybody was working towards. So that when we see you, we don't see your color first. We don't see your race first. We see your being, your individual, you're a human first. Right? And then whatever comes after that. Right? But we don't, uh, to get beyond the point where the first thing you see is a person's color. A skin. And that was the whole point. And, uh, but, and I was reminded by that. By watching that movie, I'm like, this is early 2000s? Mm-hmm. Uh, and... and and I was, I'm like, man, that's what we're, we were collectively in the society was collectively working towards that and, and had made great strides on it. Or
0: at least we were having a positive conversation of the reality that is the melting pot of the United States. Absolutely. And, and, and seeing it not from the white man's perspective, but from the black, black perspective,
3: right. perspective, right? And seeing the inconsistency in the back perspective as well, and being able to talk about those openly, right? And then and then and then they themselves acknowledging that we're working towards not seeing color and right now the the very case that they're making is that to say that you can't see color is racist
4: oh man
3: well that's everybody because that's what we were all working towards before it's just look at our movies during that during that time and look at you know the social fabric during that time you'll see and I mean, people don't have... And then, hey, back to the thing well, people are not trying to be rational about this <laughs> Okay, it's just impulse hatred impulse power raw control power influence I wanna
2: rule
0: that's all it is that's yeah I'm just thinking of other movies from that that era of like Rush Hour we could not stand <laughs> Rush Hour today with, with <laughs> Chris I Tucker can... telling us, man nobody
2: understands the words <laughs> coming out of your mouth <laughs> You can't do that.
0: Like <laughs> you're saying, like everybody has a different um, perspective because there are so many cultures that are, I guess, for lack of a better term, being blended together. And so, yeah, at some point, you're going to have these awkward conversations. Like, even with, uh, for being honest, within the Hispanic community, right? Everybody knows of a abuelita who's like, you're, like you're saying, is from a different era, different culture, different time. Who, if she saw her granddaughter or great-granddaughter bringing a person of a different ethnicity into the home for a party to meet the whole family that might you know it might cause up a stir a little bit you know it might be some awkward moments there but that's just the reality of living in the melting pot reality of living in america and Mm -hmm. that's just cultures clashing yeah it's gonna clash it doesn't mean that she's a outright like you know a nazi like like we're saying that she doesn't she probably doesn't want to hurt the guy It's just that she's going to make a look, or she's going to make a comment, and the understanding is, well, right, like they're from a different person. I think that touches on Donald Trump, too. It's that Donald Trump is a 74-year-old, a New Yorker. (laughs) New Yorkers are not soft-spoken people. (laughs) And I think that's a lot of times, that that becomes... They're they're not very known for their
4: finesse. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm
0: driving here. That's not... <laughs> they're they're not very shy about working their... in construction all his life
3: <laughs> yeah that
4: that that helps <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you he, see I've never seen a
3: a construction worker um a goggle at a woman before you know.
2: <laughs> 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 what
3: construction workers do what
2: <laughs> yeah that that is that is crazy talking about that shift i could, I can remember years ago where I made a joke at work, where somebody somebody said something like negative to a, a white person that we used to work with, and, and I said, how dare you speak that way to a person of color? And they said, what are you talking about? He's white. And I said, white's a color. <laughs> and everybody laughed, you know, it was, it was a total icebreaker moment. Nowadays, I'd be out of a job, and... If some crazy person hears this podcast, they might start emailing my company, saying, this, "This guy's a racist." <laughs> you don't
3: no. have to worry about that. You've been hacked. By I racist. know. I was going to say
1: they already got you. <laughs> <laughs> they
2: already got you. <laughs> it's too late. It's
1: the Russians?
2: They got it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean we're
0: laughing because I mean it really is silly. Like how how can we possibly try to live our lives and ignore these dynamics? Ignore the reality that.
1: That's what I said today. Yeah. Like, so we're living in silly, silly times. We don't.
0: We were not. You know, we're not living in South Korea where everybody is Korean and it's right. You know, it's everyone speaks the same language. Everyone, you know, has a similar culture. I'd like to see white people or somebody advocate
3: for their rights and so. <laughs> Korea we all Korean They, they Korea. do have a
2: few Token white guys That defected Like back when The Korean War They do not want to come back <laughs> they, they, they ain't
0: changing the laws they, Is my they, point they, they they
2: they're, they're not accommodating the... They're not accommodate In the restrooms Or anywhere else <laughs> and, and, and after 50 years They're now being Accepted as part of the, As part of the group <laughs> No that's Yeah That's not
0: They're just playing By different rules we're, for, we're forced to We have to I mean there's You know Well there are no rules anymore. That's the problem. Because they, tell me the rules.
3: Because I can work with rules. But the problem that we're having right now is that there are none. Because it's, see, what 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 conservatives did, so you woke up the sleeping giant during the Obama years. Because Christians weren't really connected. They weren't really paying attention. They weren't really involved. And they woke up. They woke up.
0: It's the Tea Party, no? Absolutely. The tea Party movement,
3: yeah, absolutely. And and they woke up and they're like, no, no, we're we're being hurt because we're not paying attention now, and we got to start paying attention. This is bad news. We were, you know, um, and it's not that we shouldn't pay attention. It's just that it should be like our national politics should have zero to do with religions or anything else, in the sense that it should just be about basics financial income don't exceed the outgoing make sure that we have good relationships with people and you know don't don't if the people gonna bomb us that's not a good thing (laughs) you know so uh, we do we trust in you know uh north korea uh to, to do you know to handle nuclear energy no, we do not. We do not. Do we trust Iran to do that? Absolutely not. You know, do we trust ISIS? Because that would be the equivalent. Okay? Uh, no, of course not. What would they think they would do with, with with nuclear energy? Well, duh. You know? Whatever they're doing right now with whatever they have. What is it that they're using? Oh, yeah, pipe bombs. Imagine them having a nuclear uh, bomb. You know? So, uh, but, but those are the things But we get... I don't think it's that difficult, okay, well, I going to careful how i say this i don't i I don't, I don't think it takes everything that we're doing right now and all the money that we're spending right now and all that stuff to deal with that issue.
0: You can't just throw more money at of problems right well,
3: there's just the money it's just that it's that it's, it's a there's a direct way of dealing with that that doesn't involve billions and millions and you know billions and billions and trillions of dollars right. So when we're talking about you know national defense or something like that, um, but but okay, so back to laissez faire. I think shrinking the government is definitely how you begin to deflate this issue, deflate it. Because as you shrink the government, it loses its power, it loses its, uh, um, it loses its ability um, to. Uh, to be corrupt in any which way it wants to be is another way to say it. I think, like right now, like there's so many ways we can be corrupt, you know. <laughs> uh, but the less money you have, then it there's only so many ways you can be corrupt, you know. It loses it, it lessens the the avenues of corruption, I believe, because then because you do have to spend certain money for certain things. So then, you know, it, it lessens the ability of of corruption
0: right. as a to run rampant. You, you give know? you give them less power. You give them less opportunity, right? Uh, In essence. Mm-hmm. And, and and right now the government
3: is growing bigger than it has ever been. That's why we're so close to socialism. And and it would not have been possible. Uh, Bernie Sanders would have been laughed off the stage, much less AOC. Okay, uh, they they wouldn't even have an opportunity if the government had been as big as it is right now. Um, had the government remained, you know, have we kept it on a short leash as far as money is concerned, as far, which is what, how you shrink it, right? You don't, you give it less money, um, you shrink it, you shrink it, and uh, the only way to, the only way to shrink the money is to, uh, oh, sorry, the only way to shrink the government is to not give it money. Uh, uh, it, it 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 swells with the money that comes in, so that's why there's you know with the movement to raise taxes is the movement really to to swell the government to weigh even more than it is now which is what socialism is right.
0: well how about how about this let's start out with what are the good things that the government does versus what are the bad things that the government does so if we look at it in, in those terms or in those eyes as far as w- which one is out it's going to outweigh the other So, like you're saying, like it's going towards socialism. I mean, we have like a basically a preview of socialism, if you want to look at it that way. As far as what the progressives did in the 1920s and 30s with Woodrow Wilson, FDR, and the 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 New Deal, right? That that came in through the um, the Great Depression, right? And which of these ideas were good? When you're talking about increasing increasing the government, okay. So which part of <laughs> yes. that was was done af- efficiently? Let me ask you, which
3: one of those government programs of the billions of ones that he <laughs> developed lasted? I think they all did. No, they didn't. They fell apart. They didn't. There's only a couple of them that lasted. The Social Security is one of them oh, okay, that came out same. of it that, that 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 lasted. But most of them were just like it was just a bunch of wasted money. Just because you're trying stuff, hmm. right? But, but but this is what I'm trying to say is. So socialism and communism, it it thrives. It, it can exist. So hopefully you can. What I'm trying to say is that communism is the biggest, right? Socialism is, you know baby communism diet coke right right right. so it's the baby communism right but but it's gonna grow up very soon okay and it doesn't grow up like humans it grows up like you know like a cow or like a dog or you know fat whatever grows up fast right whatever matures fast it doesn't grow up slowly gradually like a human it's just like socialism quickly becomes communism okay um it, it but with with that um with so it's impossible for communism to be communism if the government is small it's no mm-hmm. possible way right. and, and so there's a correlation between how much the government is growing and and it's directly correlated with we're on our way to be socialist and communist it's inevitable it's the track it's how you get there, and so that's and I think that's how we find ourselves here. And we're shocked that we're here because of the things that we talk about freedom and you know, bill of rights and all this, this all of a sudden that doesn't even matter. And, and what I mean by that is that, uh, the moment that you refuse to shrink the government or the moment you allowed it and voted for it to get bigger, you voted for socialism and communism.
0: You're on your way there.
3: You open the doors for it. It's it, there's no other way for it to get there apart from that.
0: Yeah, or there's no other course of action, too. There's no other route to take.
3: It's, 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 like, that's the route it has to take. There is no other route to right. take. It's the only route to get there. It just don't go, go from one day to the next and you just have a communism state. You no, know, there has to be a revolution. There has to be something drastic. Okay, so that brings me to the next thing. So if you think about when socialism has come and creeped into our nation... You're gonna see, and it usually is on the on the on the aftermath or in the context of chaos. Okay, so uh, the, De- the Great Depression, mm-hmm. right? World War One, Great Depression, all these are catalysts for chaos. There, it, it's chaos, right? And then it launched us into World War Two, from one catastrophe to the next, right? And if it wasn't for World War Two, man, we would have probably Not made it. Mm -hmm. Right? If it wasn't for World War II, there would have been probably no America. The way at least we understand it today and know it today. World War II brought us out of the Great Depression.
0: Into a superpower and an empire. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It created that that ability. So that chaos then uh, uh, grew and made the country more powerful and bigger. And then we started being more... After that is when Because we got bigger And more powerful And more influential Now we have to start caring about What's going on in the world Quote unquote Right So then when We have to police the world We're not going to try to conquer the world Although We secretly wish we could
4: We're,
0: we're putting military bases everywhere and Sure
3: Just, just in case You know You know, uh, you know What if you know, What if Russia What if North Korea What if China
4: There's always a boogeyman.
3: What if, ISIS, what if, you know, what if we have to be ready? We have to be ready. Okay, right? And so, but before that, we're just busy trying to be, you know, eat. Eat, right? We're just busy with the regular stuff of life here. And then there's a huge transition. And what causes that? Chaos. It gives opportunities for those things. So what what we're looking at right now is re- the reason why we like re- like we were in the most prosperous time in our history period period and period just never been more prosperous than right before they shut down the lockdown. And na- and now with the lockdown <laughs> shut down it created the chaos that allowed gave a platform to socialists Not a fake one, not a one, you know, in theory, (laughs) like they have a movement and they're one day away from really being in power, not like fake, you know, maybe. No, they're less than 24 hours away or about 24 hours away from being in actual power. Never, ever, ever. I can't think of a, when has anyone been this has a socialist been this close to a um, to the presidency. I mean
0: if TR and Obama, I mean they come close. But not not outright. I'm a socialist.
3: Right, that's what I'm saying, yeah. it's not like
0: this is my agenda. <laughs> And
3: this was my original agenda. No, it's more of a reactionary thing. That's not what's going on right now. What's going on right now is this is our agenda. I don't care if it's chaos or not. Oh, by the way, we were in the most prosperous time in the history of our nation. Usually, usually, the opposite happens. Usually, there's great poverty or great, you know, and what that brings forth in, you know, this movement, the socialist movement and whatnot, promising to make everything better and whatnot. That was the opposite. That's that's what the crazy dynamics are right now, because these are not, and that's what I'm saying is this is not a fake thing going on, like, and it's not like certain group of it, people are, are pulling for this. We have. We have, one of the most, we have, one of the political parties, in full blown. Moving full blown advocating for it, full blown. The vice president is one breath away from being the presidency. And, and by the way, side note, everything that the that the conservatives are doing right now, they're, they're, I, I think they're dumb for doing what they're doing right now with Hunter Biden and everything, personally speaking. I think that's a big mistake. Not that, they're gonna, not that the left is going to, I think the left already has their own plan. But we're literally handing to them what they're going to use to take Biden out if they win. You mean with the corruption that's correct. funded by and, and it'll be and it'll be brought down and it'll be The the, the conservatives doing It'll be the conservatives doing um, uh, We will have stated and made the case so perfectly That if Joe Biden wins, they're just gonna say this and I guarantee you that if he wins This is what they're going to say uh, We believe that Joe Biden needs to be investigated and there's no way we can deny this anymore
1: He's a Trojan horse, essentially.
0: Really bad one, but yeah. (laughs) Walking on three. They could could throw in the 25th Amendment, too.
3: They they won't need the 25th Amendment because the conservatives made the case already for them. That's what we're dealing with with that right now. And I thought that was a huge mistake. uh, and, And so, one way, well, so Joe Biden... Is a wolf in sheep's clothing. He is. He's a wolf in sheep's clothing. For sure. They're proverbial. Donald Trump is not a wolf in
0: sheep's clothing. He's not hiding it. He's he's a wolf in wolf clothing. <laughs> he's not hiding his his wolfiness. <laughs> we know exactly
3: who he is. <laughs> uh, I I know that the wolf can eat me up. And and I know I'm dealing with the wolf, so I tread lightly. Okay? And I wouldn't even consider him a wolf, maybe you know, maybe a coyote.
2: I get it so so going back to what you mentioned earlier where a lot of uh, left leaning people that abandoned the church and turned politics into their religion essentially um, would the socialist movement be like their version of religious extremists in a sense yeah. in a sense they're like that branch where, all oh, these guys are hardcore, but these guys, OMG. It'll,
3: it'll be like their ISIS is to Islam. Right. So to speak. Because it's mm. a state, right? It's a caliphate, right? I think that's what you're saying, right? Yeah. Yes. I, I, yes. I, I, I would... I think that's the way that works, yeah. That would be... I mean, what? it may not be so full-blown, uh, you know, because the ISIS is straight up, right? I mean, you could see that that is...
2: But that's what it progresses to, right? Right. right, right. That's, that's what it progresses
3: saying. to. Uh, but it's in sheep's clothing.
2: Because cause everybody like always historically says all these things about Hitler and oh my God, he is horrible. But you have like communism. That's, that's
4: way worse. Way, more, way people.
2: more people.
3: Like, and it wasn't even other people; it was their, their own. own people. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's that's a different kind. That's double nuts. That's a different kind of crazy, right? That's, that's what, we're talking about primitive stuff, right? That's a different kind of, uh,
1: there, yeah. There's because, a lot of jobs, A lot of jobs. Yeah,
3: absolutely. So, yeah, uh, Hitler gets a raw deal, not from the left anymore, but in, typically he got a raw deal, and Germany's still dealing with it. That's the crazy that's,
2: part. I mean, yeah, and, okay? and I mean not to make light of <laughs> what Hitler did, it's horrible absolutely it, right it's but, just
3: not as bad as what Stalin did
2: exactly now. <laughs> oh, now. <laughs> and now and it's interesting I think I' was, I' was saying this to you Lee that it, it's to me it's it's very interesting and ironic that all the people that are like advocating for socialist socialism yeah. policies and like things that without a doubt like it's true. We know that these things lead to communism and lead to that kind of systems and lead to that kind of governance. And, and the, it, to me, it, it seems like peculiar that the people that want that are people that have never l- experienced that. Or, and, and you see people that have actually experienced right. that and they're like, what's wrong with you? Are that, you crazy? Is this really happening here? Right. There's like no way. So...
3: All right, so tomorrow, I'll let you know. I'm voting for Trump. And, and for all the stuff, the reasons that we're talking about right now, and many, many, many more, okay? Uh, I, 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 I see the left as an existential threat, for sure. It's, it's for sure. With Trump, maybe. But with them, for sure. And with Trump, it's circumstantial. Right? Uh, Because I'm not saying it's not going to happen with Trump. I'm just saying it's circumstantial. He's certainly not intending to do it. They are intending to do
0: it. Nobody's afraid of uh, Trump supporters rioting and looting if he loses tomorrow?
3: Nobody. They're not boarding up New York and Washington and all these places because of the Trump supporters. Because because Joe Biden's going to win. They're doing it because they have a sneaky suspicion that Trump might.
1: I think that's the crazy thing. Everything that that they're talking about when it comes to like Trump and the right, it's they are literally doing exactly what they accuse them yeah. all that yeah. side. It's just like how how blind can you be? And I was showing um, Lee at, uh, an interac- interaction I had with on Twitter. Basically, um, his claim was that Trump's a racist, and then that they're that he supports white supremacy and. That his own government, uh, DHS or I forget who, wrote a, a wrote, wrote a report saying that the that right wing extremism is a is a big problem in our society. And I was trying to show him like, well, look, there's Antifa, there's all these different instances of riots and looting, and now we're seeing people being murdered by this quote idea that, as Joe Biden says, and and time and time again, he said no. Well, look at what Trump said, or look at this. Look at the report. It's saying that right wing extremism is bad, and I'm like, w-? and he said th- he was talking about like the KKK, and I was like, where are they? Like, like where are they at? Like no one's no one's out rioting and looting, and b- claiming they're KKK.
3: You you have a few, but it's nothing. It's not newsworthy. major. yeah. I mean, I I don't think that that's the the, the total of them. I, they're there, but what happened to the KKK is they became savvy too. The KKK became business people, businessmen. And they went into corporations politics. and went, politics, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm not saying it's not there, and I'm not saying it's not real. It is, and it's real. And it's there. It's just not public. Not the real deal. Not the real ones. Like the full-blown real ones, you have some of them that are, you know, like David Duke and those guys and whatnot that are there, but they're not a threat. Mm-hmm. There are, those guys are not a threat. But there are a branch of them, that, that, and there is enough of them. I do believe that, and I do know that, they're there, they're just not active, not publicly anyways, they're not publicly active, they they do it through policies or different things like that, okay, which is where you get the whole, you know, which is the ring of trueness that it rings when you hear systemic racism, and that's why systemic racism rings true, like there's something true about it. Because there's that element of it, absolutely. There's racist in politics, and they're doing political things to, yeah, to suppress uh, uh, the black community and whatnot. Absolutely, I believe that. I don't think that's a question. I, I, my eyes know that. I've read stuff, and I've, uh, I, I see stuff, and, and, and I know. Okay? There's, it's undeniable if you're going to be truthful. If you're going to be honest, it's undeniable. But it's, is it rampant? Is it uh, uh, you know, full-blown? No, that's not it. That's not, that's not going on right now. That's not that's not happening right now. Mm. Um, Do I think Antifa equals the KKK? There's no comparison. Antifa is not the KKK. Antifa is not the Nazis and you know white supremacists. There's no comparison, as far as I'm concerned. And anybody, I think anybody who is approaching it, you know, with an open mind, I don't think I don't see how you can come to the to say that Antifa is KKK. Or that. There's no comparisons. Antifa's not hanging anybody by the trees or anything like that. Okay? And, and they haven't been around long enough. That's the other thing, too. The KKK has been a part of the fabric of the United States for a long time. 1860s. Absolutely. Civil War. And not in no small way, in a very powerful way. Yeah. In a very real way. So uh, I, think if, I, th- I think when we don't acknowledge that, when conservatives don't acknowledge that, it drives the left nuts. <laughs> it enrages them. And that's why I say, you got to call balls and strikes. you got to be able to talk about these things openly. Mm-hmm. you got to be able to say, yeah, you know, you know there's, there is white supremacists. Absolutely. Is there systemic racism? I, I suspect there is. I just don't know how to define it, and I don't know how to help it. I think that we've made good strides, and we've made improvements, and there's the opposite. And to when the left doesn't acknowledge the gains that we've made so far in our society, it enrages the conservatives. <laughs> yeah. and here we are taking bites of one another and like paul says be careful you take enough bites of each other you're going to consume one another uh-huh. right and so uh, those are true things and that we can't really have a real conversation or a rational conversation around it why because it's primitive what's going on people are in tune right now and they have fomented their impulses and their their dark impulses, their shadow. In fact, they don't even believe they have a shadow, like Jordan Peterson says. They've not even met their shadow yet. That's why they they so freely uh, entertain these impulses and these compulsions because they don't know how wicked and evil and racist they are themselves, and that's everybody that has a sinful
2: nature. They're like they're like that that um, old movie where they had all the superheroes that had like real sorry powers it's that one superhero whose power was to get really angry. Well, that's one of my favorite movies. That's Mystery <laughs> Man. <laughs> <laughs> Mystery Man. <laughs> Where his, pow- his power is to... <laughs> <laughs> that was Furious. it. Furious. I was like, oh. Captain Furious. Captain Furious. <laughs> 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 getting angry. <laughs> Re-
4: getting rage r-
3: rising. <laughs> and, then, and then he would get so angry that he would knock himself out. <laughs>
2: And and that's the current state of of our
1: politics. So maybe we can. The last question could be what do we do uh, moving forward? Like, what's something? I mean, I have a a guess, but I know tomorrow's election and and we can vote, and that's one, one way we can deal with all the chaos. But just in terms of our everyday life, what would be something that we could do? that's real intangible to to not get lost and not feel like it's it's inevitable and hopeless (laughs) because it can seem that way
3: well the you know that's why i'm a pastor because we we believe that the gospel is the hope of the world. And the only cure for racism, there is no cure for racism. The only cure for racism is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is designed to heal the hatred by pouring the love of God into you. Anything else is a band-aid. Anything else is a band-aid. It's a a muzzle. Uh, 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 As far as I can see and as far as I understand, as far as I have experienced, the love of God, being poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, is the only cure for racism. The only cure. It's it's why then in you know in Colossians three it says set your things on th- set your eyes on things above, and it goes on you know be put away the works of the flesh because that's the old person he's dead, right? And then it goes on to saying there's no you know uh, uh, and that's why they there's no more Scythian, and there's no more Greek, and there's no more Jew, and there's no more all all, all the races and ethnicities disappear. They're done with, and, and the way we because that's the world system, the uh, the the system below the physical visible uh, earthly realm. That's how they deal with each other. They do it's tribalism, it's tribalism, and ethnicity matters. But in the kingdom of heaven, only one race matters. That's the race of God. That's not born out of the will of the flesh or, will of the, or, 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 the, or, or of blood. It's not kind of any ethnic affiliation. In fact, it's only the blood of Jesus Christ that you have to take upon you. And anybody who takes that blood upon you, the love of God is poured upon you. And now you learn, it says, Paul's going to say, the walls of hostility are broken down. The walls of hostility, the walls of hatred, the walls of enmity. The walls that kept me from loving someone else that wasn't like me, or and even those who were like me. It breaks those walls down so that I can now fulfill the royal law of God, which is to love my neighbor as myself.
4: Right?
3: That, that's why I'm a pastor. That's why I do what I do. That's why I believe what I believe. And that's why I I bother. That's why I bother at all. Uh, bec- and, and And every time I... When I'm interacting with people, this is the context that I'm interacting with them with. And because the gospel of Jesus Christ is the place where we, you know, it it begins with confession, repentance of sin, confession of sins, repentance through confession of sin. It's where we begin the conversation with he who is truth, where we align our thoughts, our imagination, our hearts and we bring them, and let the light of God, the truth of God shine on them, and then whatever is not aligned up to it, we repent, we turn away from it, and we say, "We choose your thoughts, we choose your ways, we choose your what you say above what I say, and we begin that transformation process within the heart and what and what that looks like is is, is in the context There's different context that you can understand that through or, or see that through, and one of them is 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 um, um, it's in truth and lies and deception. And uh, where I, I make, I surrender to the truth, which means then I abandon the lie and the deceit from my life. And I let the light of God, the truth of God, point out the inconsistencies in my life. Notice that this doesn't involve anybody else. <laughs> okay? Its focus, its central focus is my heart. My heart. So the problem is not out there problem is not out there and that's the facade and that's the biggest lie that the problem is out there and the problems are the republicans nope the problems are the democrats nope it's not out there the problem is my heart that's my problem and whether or not it has aligned up to the truth because once it has then i can recognize it everywhere and i can safely interact with it and so when you're speaking to he who is truth You can have any conversation. There's nothing that's offensive to God that he can't hear. He says, tell me everything. He says, come, let us reason together. And if your sins are red as scarlet, he says, I'll make them white as, woo, white as the snow. There's nothing offensive. You can't offend me. Go ahead. Tell me what you're thinking. (laughs) Right? And so the whole point is that God says this is the only way to heal the heart is to get everything that's in there out. And then to be able to see, well, which one of those things is true? So which Is this true? If it's true, I hold on to it. If that's not true, I repent, turn away from it. And I'm being transformed and renewed and being sanctified. That's all those spiritual language. That's what that means. And so, uh, uh, but you look at the way it is in the culture right now, and what we need is that kind of conversation, see? We need to have be able to speak the truth to one another in love, be able to speak the truth with them, knowing that we're not going to abandon each other, that we're not going to you know, we're not going to seek to, you know, take you off the face of the earth because of what you're thinking. Even if it's extremely offensive to me, that I can still move towards you in love. Even though it's extremely offensive to me. Even though I do not agree with socialism. I do not agree with communism. And I believe that everything you're saying has to do with that. But if that keeps me from moving towards you in love. The problem is not you. The problem is me. And my heart. That's what the gospel says. That's what the gospel says. It addresses individual hearts. And it's genius that way. Because the problem is not collective. The problem is individual. And the solution is individual. Notice that. The the core crux of the gospel. It says, uh, the problem was not everybody. The problem was one guy who got everybody into it. Right? He says, the solution is that same way. The solution is not everybody fixing themselves. The solution is one guy. Jesus. Second Adam. Last Adam. Getting it right. His heart not getting contaminated. His heart remaining pure. His heart remaining true. And had his heart not, it's over for everybody else. See how the connection is? Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. It's ingenious. It's, 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 it's just marvelous when you think about it. The, 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 the one heart affects all of it. And Jesus is that living example of how one heart, his job wasn't to f- save the world in, an, in, in, uh, uh, in his generation and, and the world that existed in his generation, that wasn't his job. His job was to keep his heart pure and clean and separated from the world while going into it and loving it. That was his job. And while doing so, to make sure that his heart did not get contaminated so that he was always moving towards his neighbor, whoever it was, in love, wherever he was, in whatever circumstance. So he, whether he was before the Sanhedrin whether he was before the Roman governor, whoever he was before, he was moving towards them in love. He was not being contaminated by the moment or by influences of, you know, political influences or any other kind of influences. It kept his heart pure. People were constantly offending him, trying to kill him all his life. And he kept moving towards them in love people, he chose people that would betray him and he knew that we would betray him and it didn't keep him from moving towards him, Judas in love to the very last moment this just I can't even comprehend that but that's the point and so you say like, what's the solution that's the solution that's the solution the solution is that can I keep my heart pure and clean one is it pure and clean two then if it's not then you better work on that okay and if it is the second thing then you better work on making sure that you keep it clean it doesn't just stay clean you have to be proactive about keeping your heart clean and it has to do with how you interact with your relationships and we're so vulnerable it's so it's thin ice man all the time. It's eggshells all the time. Any little thing can set us off. And contaminate the heart.
4: Right?
3: So the heart and, and and it reminded me of one Ted talk that I that I heard a while back. When the when TED Talks used to matter and mean something, sorry, that was that was
2: You offended somebody. I apologize. Moving towards your heart. Before,
3: before Ted Talks became participation trophies
2: where anybody can go and talk okay. uh, sorry did I say that out loud? just to let you guys know Wait, next week I'm gonna ha- be having a TED tent- <laughs> 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 <Awkward. laughs> <laughs> so Talk so TED Talk if you listening, I'm, I'm available log into <laughs> log into iwill.com slash Ohio <laughs> no but it's like yeah going along with what Eliseo was saying I think like a major thing a major part of it is personal responsibility it's like it's like going back to what you were saying about my debt being part of the national debt and the way to fix that is to take responsibility over my debt. It's the same thing. It's, it's, to, it's to realize that there is no law that can be passed. There is no medicine that can be taken or no technological advancement that can be rolled out yes. that's going to change my heart. That's right. That's 100%. The, fact check. 100% <laughs> true. Yes, yes. People, people think that I don't know a buttload of crap about the gospel, but I do, <laughs> said Brother Nacho. <laughs> but yeah, it's like the the only thing that can change the human heart is Jesus. Is the gospel. Truth. right? The
3: embodiment of truth itself, the logos himself.
2: Absolutely. And and, and it starts with me. It starts with me facing my anger and me facing my unforgiveness and me facing all these things that I naturally lean to because of the sin nature that is in me. And, and to think that that's all done and with, that's all done and over with just because I've professed Christ as my savior and, and I've taken his name upon my life is just, it's like, it, it's, it's to the plunge, it's to plunge right back into darkness. Hmm.
3: That's the problem with Christianity right now. That what he said right now.
2: And you know, to the personal responsibility comes in, in knowing that every day I have to come to this realization that I am in desperate need of Christ to intervene on my behalf in order for my heart to be pure, in order for me to move towards my neighbor with love, and to speak to them with love and. Going back to, I think, one of the first podcasts where you guys had Pastor Eliseo on, and, and he talked about uh, that verse where he says, uh, uh, Do justice, um, love mercy, and walk humbly before your God. And he's explained that in a lot of the gatherings that we've had. And, and do justice, you know, whenever you're acting towards your fellow man or interacting with them, do, do what is just. And, and when they don't do what is just to you, Love mercy and and pour that mercy upon them. And then don't let yourself get a big head about it because it wasn't your idea to do that. Be humble. Embrace humility because that all comes from God. Your ability to do that all comes from the Holy Spirit working in your heart and in your life and you embracing that. And, you know, uh, going going back to one of the reasons why, you know, I'll... I said in the beginning, one of the reasons why I I voted for Donald Trump back in 2016 was because I wholeheartedly believe in the word of God where it says that nobody is good. So if nobody is good, I don't have to waste my time looking for a good candidate or someone that I think is going to be good or to search for goodness in a person in order to be able to vote for them. And, uh, you know, because if that's... if If it's true about them that they're not good and it's true about me that I'm not good, then it's okay for me to do that. And I'll give full disclosure here to, uh, you know, that I voted for Bernie Sanders in the primaries. And I voted for Barack Obama previously because I was wholeheartedly believing that, you know, that I was good because I grew up as a Christian and... Because I believe that I was good because I grew up as a Christian, then these people are, are bad because they're not Christians, and they're deplorable, right? And so, so you know, no, I, I shouldn't vote for them. But then, I wholeheartedly believed that this was the party of the racist, that the Republican Party was the party of the racist, and they hate Mexicans and they're trying to send my mom back to Mexico. And so. You know, uh, taking all, all those things in, into account, once I embraced, truly embraced uh, the gospel and truly embraced the Holy Spirit working in, in my life and truly embraced all the darkness that was Jacob and and came to the conclusion after, you know, much time of suspicion, came to the overwhelming conclusion that you know I, that I'm all about the darkness and I'm all about the hate and I'm all about the unforgiveness and that's what's true about me and you know just I, I remember that moment where I was like man after all this time I'm still in desperate need of God to intervene on my behalf or else this is all just gone to hell <laughs> it's over it's over uh, and you know for me that was that was all part of of my process um as far as where i where i lean politically and as far as where i i lean as as a as a person that as a as a man, I was going to say young man, but I forgot I'm 42. Um, so that would've been fake news. That, that would've been that hardcore would have been, fake I would news. Have yeah, sure. and, and I expect nothing <laughs> less. <laughs> I consider you guys to be my friends, so you better be telling me the truth. <laughs> and so,
3: uh, you know, if if Jacob chooses to to vote for Biden. I'm never going to speak to him for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right? see, see, that's ridiculous. Yeah. If he chose to speak vote uh, for writing, he has his reasons. I think he's crazy. But that's not going to keep me... Fact check, f- that is true. <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to keep me from loving him and moving towards him and being for him. Not in the least. Not in the least. And I think that's the problem with our nation right now. So, and I was, when you were talking and saying that, Jacob, one of my thoughts that came to me was, right now, let me tell you the the state of Christianity, which is not good, okay, Uh, the state of Christianity right now, or the state of, okay, the people that call call, call themselves, you know, taking the name of the Lord upon them and realize what not, right, Uh, and even the atheists are calling out the Christians, like, as they always do, right, um, uh, is it, like you know how could you call yourself a Christian and, and vote for John Trump or whatever, right? You know? And say that these are like well, whatever. And, and but my point what I'm trying to say is that when you say that, one of the things that came to me that realizations is, is that right now people are, cons are like determining their moral stand, uh, 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 stature, and their moral stature, their moral. Uh, a, the the level of morality and their spirituality by how they vote. This is the state that we're in right now. What a horrific, hor. Now that is idol worship. Hmm. And hopefully, you can see that what I'm trying to say. Yeah. People are determining their state of morality, like, for example um i I feel spiritual because i I vote for um uh, someone someone will say i I feel that i 'm you know doing my christian duty by voting for a republican because at least i 'm not supporting abortion for as one example and so that 's their gauge right now <laughs> like that makes them feel moral and spiritual and just and righteous. That they're voting Republican, and there's the same people on the other side, okay, that are called by the na- God's name as well, that are saying, "I'm being moral and spiritual and just because I'm fighting for the oppressed and the small people, unlike Republicans, and so I'm voting for Democrat." And they're basing, and they're and they're, I see it all over Twitter all over social media, okay? And they're basing their spirituality off of how they're voting or who they're going to vote for. That is the state we're in and that is tells you everything you need to know right now about how messed up things are. That has very minimal to do with your morality and spirituality because you can be the biggest piece of junk and vote Republican. You can be the biggest piece of junk and vote Democrat. And none of that voting makes you moral, spiritual, or any which way. That's the whole point. That's the whole thing about the gospel. The that's the righteousness of man, right? as opposed to the righteousness of God. I'm not impressed by who you vote for, I'm impressed by who you forgive. Tell me who you forgive. Tell me that you're able to look at your enemy and love them. That's impressive. Let's talk about that because man that's otherworldly I don't okay, you voted good for you, that makes you zero percent more spiritual than you were ten minutes ago <laughs> that's the reality that we're in right now, and that's the the lie and the deception that Christians find themselves in right now, or people of faith altogether
0: I think that when we look at the Example of Jesus and his life. And it speaks to us even today as far as, like you're saying, just because you're a part of this circle or that circle doesn't mean that you're going to get it right. Because technically speaking, if you look at the trial of Jesus, it was actually the political circle that got it right with Herod and... Pilate. And with Pilate. They said, legally speaking, we find no fault in this man. That's right. And the people that were claiming to know God, to know the scriptures, to be holy, to be righteous... All right, she just said, sat on Moses' mercy seat. They were not, they were not abiding in truth, and like you're saying, it's the same thing today. It's the same thing today, where we think we're getting it right, but we're so far apart from righteousness, from truth, from love, from like, mercy. From our, our politics says, not, says nothing says about nothing, our spirituality
3: or morality. Because
0: in, in the end, Jesus wasn't playing that game, because he says, "My kingdom is not is not of this world." That's right. He wasn't playing politics. He wasn't playing according to that that standard, so to speak. You know, he had a totally, a totally different goal in mind, totally different um totally different uh goalposts, so to speak, that he was trying to accomplish. And it's true, yeah, we we totally bypassed Everything the Bible is saying, because well, I voted this way. At least, you know, at least I I get some credit.
3: At least I'm not like horrible, evil, going to hell, circle seventh circle of hell, and (laughs) Democrat. You know, because you
2: know, baby killers. Right. That's where we're at. I think we can add religion to that list. You know that I that I said like there's no there's no law that can be passed. There is no medicine that can be taken no technological advancement that can be rolled out and no amount of religious affiliation that you can have that's going to make your heart acceptable to God. Because in the end, they're all systems. Mm. Right? They're all systems. Earthly systems. And you can excel in a religious system while being entangled in darkness. (laughs) Scumbag. You know, you can, you can <laughs> yeah. advance because it's like, yeah, it's an earthly system and you can tow the line of that system and you can, you know, in, increase in, in stature and status in that system all the while being 100% in league with Satan. Judas. And I know this because yes. it's true of me. You know?
3: It, it's it's true of me. It, it, going back, I just didn't mean to, you know, <laughs> to, to throw shade on TED Talks. There was a point in <laughs> me bringing it up. Somebody wants to <laughs> target a TED Talk. I know. Talk. He's, he's trying to get back in. The <laughs> <gracious>. Hawaiian one.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> at at Eliezer's pure cube it doesn't have anything
1: against <laughs> TED
0: Talks. <laughs> the one at, at the the nice resort in Hawaii.
2: <laughs> the, whole <laughs> the whole summer. <laughs> In two weeks. Weeks. <laughs> <In Hawaii. laughs> So
3: back back when 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 I was listening to it, and there was actual you know technology people talking. <laughs> the techni- be- <laughs> science <laughs> science
4: the people of
0: science, are, You know what te- what is TED Talk stand for? Uh, technical <laughs> T- technology technology is education.
1: education. Oh, does it stand for something? <laughs> yes.
0: I think te- technological education yeah. dialogue.
3: Something like that. It something is, like, but, yeah. but, uh, but the whole point was that it was technology-based. And then they would grant, you know, they would the winner of that TED Talk would get funds and stuff to fund their, their projects. But anyways, uh, I was hearing one of them. It was part of my class, my advanced technology class. And we had to hear some TED Talks and and, and, and do a report on it. And, and then I was fascinated because that was just some crazy stuff. That was way back when. They were like coming up with technology that you could just... You know um, that you could just you didn't need a keyboard you just created one a digital one and that you just it, it just like know, Iron you know, Man got, like a projection Iron yeah exactly yeah. like Iron Man stuff and then you could actually work and you could just, you, all you had to do is go like this you put your fingers together and then go like this and it would take a picture of what you're looking at oh. and, 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 and it was showing the new technologies that they were coming out with and it was just fascinating just fascinating and the last one to talk in that TED talk, uh, it was just brilliant. Just brilliant. Just jaw-dropping stuff, right? Uh, as far as technology and advancement. and so stuff. the last one to talk was the Dalai Lama. And he talked about the technology of the heart. Just brilliant. I mean, just for me, I was like, yes. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Whatever amen is in Buddhism, that. <laughs> That is what I'm saying, okay? Uh, and he, it was just because he came out uh, the way they were, you know, uh, the typical peaceful and, and calm and you know collected. And he's just talking and he's saying and he's acknowledging all the amazing things that he's seen throughout the conference. And then the and then he, which it brings in, he says, "I want to talk about the technology of the heart," and it's what we're talking about right now. He goes. Uh, I, I'm. Uh, he's worried. He says because we have we're advancing so fast and technology is advancing so fast. He says, but he's worried about the te- the, the technology of the heart advancing, and that the technology of the heart is not advancing as fast as the te- he's seen the technology, uh, uh, scientific technology advancing, and that's a problem. Wow. That's the problem. So uh, it it was just, for me, it was was very impactful because I was like, yes, absolutely yes. And that was a moment for myself when I was hearing him say that. And and, uh, you'd have to know my history to understand that I have no problem listening to the Dalai Lama and saying amen to the Dalai Lama. But that's a different conversation. Uh, uh, Because it was true, you see. And if it's true, then you're guaranteed that Christ is there. There's no truth that happens outside of the scope of he who is true okay uh, uh so it it was just brilliant and, and and it had to do it reminded me right now because we're talking about no amount of law, no amount of religion, no amount, nothing can change the heart, no amount of technology can change the heart, no amount of anything all the things that we are investing our time and energies into. None of that can change the heart. And
2: marveling over and wholeheartedly, like, seeking to accomplish. Yeah,
3: and, 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 and as impressive, you know, the new modern technology, and the things that they can do and the things that they're seeking to do and the things they're trying to do, and as impressive as it is to see a rocket come back down and land itself, as impressive as all that is, it doesn't even get remotely close to impressive as a heart that looks at someone that has heard it Inconceivable ways and release them from that hurt mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't get more marvelous than that nothing nothing there's nothing more advanced there's nothing more advanced or more uh, 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 forward-thinking than that. you able to release a hurt and release some another human being from their guilt and watch them be healed. And watch your heart be healed in the process as well, and and, and gain a brother, and gain a brother, in the process. And, and 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 I think that's that's what we're looking at right now. And and, and the people that are obsessing, we're, we're at a we're at the frenzy. We're at a frenzy of politics right now, because everybody had to pay attention because we're getting worked. And, and, and back when I said about rules, rules are easy. Conservatives are great with rules. Tell me what the rules are, and we'll we'll work the rules. You see? And for the long time the left was like, these are the rules, these are the rules, these are the rules. And then we're like, okay, I accept your rules, and let's play by your rules. And then we started beating them with our rules. And they're like, those are not the rules no more. We're changing the rules in real time. It's a different game. Right? Changing the goalposts. That's what crowd that's what you know we say. Oh, you just change the goalposts. Uh, we we're gonna stop playing the game with you if you keep changing the bobos. If there's no way for us to score, how can we play this game? Because nobody wants participation trophies. I wanna win. I wanna
4: win. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and that's the difference between the left and the right. The right are all about rules. That's why I say they're all about rules. They're all about rules. Show me what the rules are, and I'll work those rules. And I'll work those rules, and I'll beat you with those rules. Because I'll claim those rules as law and truth. And by the way, there has to be something that's law and truth. It's the only way we can guide ourselves forward in life. Period. There has to be law and order. Anything else, just entropy. We know that by science. We are entropy is always active. It's always entropy is always entropy is the alternative plan and it's moving, and it's working, and it's not stopping. All right. and, and, and so the alternative plan is the gospel, unless you want to live by entropy, where everything just dissolves into chaos. And the, and the more you surrender to it, the faster it, it happens. All right. And it's an undoing of creation, by the way, all this that we're talking about. Entropy is the undoing of creation. It's the it's it's the attempt to erase God's creative process, and God's creative design. Back to Genesis one three or one two. To 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 chaos. Back to chaos.
0: To yeah. say there's nothing, there's truly nothing else that makes us equal, like the way the gospel can. It's
3: absolutely nothing else. There's absolutely no other way. The, the, the cure to systemic racism, the cure to poverty, the cure to immigration, the, 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 problem, the solving the problem of immigration, solving every social problem that we have, and this is what we've been talking about in our galleries too, right? Every social issue that exists, the solution to it is the gospel. By the way, which is what we should be talking about. We should be talking about the gospel. And, and and so when I speak to Christians and really to anybody at this point, I don't like to say Jesus. I'm like, well, what? <laughs> yeah, because Jesus, people have an idea of who they think Jesus is, and and I can guarantee you they have no idea who he is. Most people. Okay, um, and, and most people wouldn't recognize a quote from him. they would confuse. You know. Chinese fortune cookie saying with Jesus, and they wouldn't know which was was which. Uh, there's, so, uh, biblical uh, you know literacy is a serious problem in the church right now. Um, we just don't know what Jesus says, right? We just have our own idea of what Jesus is, says and, and and is, and he's a nice guy. And all that needs to all I need to worry about is being nice. You should
0: have never canceled Sunday school. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, but for different reasons. But, uh, Put them bad kids all together in one class. And, see what happens.
3: <laughs> uh, and, and so, but you have this. I, I don't like to say Jesus because people have an idea of who Jesus is or their idea of who Jesus is. I like to who he is in his essence. And he described himself in his essence. He didn't say, in my essence, I am Jesus. <laughs> he didn't say that. In order to describe who he was in his essence, he talked about truth. I am truth. In my core essence, I am light. I am the way. I am life in abundance. I am, and these abstract concepts that, you know, that uh, that are not completely abstract, but in the sense that he's using them and talking about them, we're like, well, that's hard to understand. Like, how are you light? You know? Um, and, and so it takes more than just casual engagement. That's why he says, come, let us reason. Come, let's be rational. Come, let's have an intentional conscious- conscientious conversation. Don't come and then be thinking about the football game or whatever it is that you think about when you come into my presence
0: he he did dumb it down a little bit. I am the good shepherd, I am the gates, so if people people well, missed the light if, part
3: if by that you mean that <laughs> sheep are dumb, you're right absolutely yeah. but he didn't dumb it down. <laughs> For some people, <laughs> man. <laughs> well, I mean, for dumb people, <laughs> or as Trump would say, low IQ. Pe- <laughs> <It's>
4: low IQ.
3: <laughs> people with low IQ. Uh, he starts wherever we're at for sure, but the depths of where he's where we want to go is endless. It's it's up to us. The, it's up to us what we want to know and how. Uh, I was saying this this last gathering that you know uh, one uh, having that relationship with He who is God, He who is true, He who is l- Almighty Love, having a relationship with He who is Almighty Love. See, uh, like, have you met Almighty Love? Is that that's way better conversation starter than Have you met Jesus? Because people have ideas of who they think Jesus is, and they're wrong. I can guarantee you that. They're wrong. How would you know if you haven't met them? Right? So it's better. It's like, do you... Have you ever met almighty love? Do you know what unconditional love is? Have you ever experienced unconditional love? Ooh, that's a good question. What's that? Well, I don't know. Are we talking about sex here? No. not Not even remotely. Unconditional love has nothing to do with sex, but it does have everything to do with intimacy. Because that's a different conversation. That's a that's a conversation I have with anybody, no matter who you are. And so I, I, for me, to not use Jesus' name, but to know, to to speak about Jesus in his essence of who he is, is not to downgrade him from his. He's the son of God. I have no problem saying that. Of course he is. Of course his name is Jesus. Of course that's his name. But what does that matter to you? And how has that affected you in any way, practical way at all in your life? Other than to make you think that you're righteous and you're holy and everything because his name is Jesus. That's just such a tragedy. And for me, that's like the greatest blasphemy. That's taking the name of the Lord God in vain. You have no idea what that name is and who that name is. The name of the Lord is a strong power, a strong tower, and the mighty run in, uh, uh, the righteous run into it and are saved. And then we start getting these weird spiritual concepts, right? uh, just weird, man. And then people look at you like you're weird. You're like, yeah, I agree, that's weird. And it has no conscientious practical relevance at all it's just this you know mystical you know the gospel is not mystical jesus is not mystical it's not mysticism he's as practical as you can get it's as forward thinking as you can get it's as it's 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 the most advanced technology that you can ever ever comprehend or ever engage in and ever receive in your life it's it's the ultimate it's majestic it's it's unreal it's, it's, it's a miracle. It's, it's hard to... There's no words for it. There's no words for it. So, and so, especially, I mean, you know, the last 20 years, I've been teaching in very conservative, very traditional, very, you know, fundamental circles, fundamentalist circles, where I had to confront people's racism in the Latino community. Because the gospel, that's what it does. The gospel says, You, my friend, are a piece of junk. <laughs> and not just any kind of piece of junk. You're the worst piece of junk you've ever met in your life or ever heard of. That kind of piece of junk. That's who you are. Apart from me. Apart from your relationship with me. That's what you are. And that's what Jordan Peterson says. Where you get to know your shadow. You get to know your darkness. You get a glimpse of yourself, your sinful nature, in the mirror, and therefore, once the people that get that glimpse, it doesn't matter what, whatever affiliation you are, Christ will find you in whatever religious institution system that exists. He finds you there. Finds you there. You, he doesn't find you when you're in Christianity. He finds you wherever you start being surrendering to the truth, wherever that may be. He finds you. And then he introduces himself to you. Right? Uh, uh, And, man, that that reality, that truth, you know, let's talk about uh, so when I talk about people, um, I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about uh, who you're voting for, but I am extremely worried about
0: who you haven't forgiven. That's Second Timothy, right? Having the appearance of godliness, but right. denying its power. The, the 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 whole purpose of it. The whole
3: purpose of being spiritual and godly is not so you can lord it over
0: people. Or to say, this is what I believe, but you don't live that way. ha,
3: ha I'm better than you. Ha, I'm more spiritual than you. Oh man, I have a better title than you. Or oh, man, you should bow to me. I'm not gonna mop the kitchen floor no more because I did that already. Now I'm a bishop. Or you know. <laughs> it, it's it's that's we it, miss the whole point of godliness and spirituality. The whole point of godliness and spirituality is to set the captives free. Beginning you know, with yourself.
0: That can't be true. Yeah, that can't be true for us if we don't if we're not partakers of it. Of the of That's that. what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah.
3: If, if we can't do that if we haven't set ourselves free. It begins by setting ourselves free, and then we and then we learn. In that process, we learn. Oh shoot, I've been set free and it and, and, and being set free is directly correlated with setting people free from me. There's a direct correlation between the two. And so and so when I start loving mercy. I start loving setting people free, forgiving people. I start loving mercy. Because the more I forgive people, the more my heart is released. The more freedom my heart has to what? To be who God designed me to be. To interact with the so the whole goal, as far as I see the gospel and understand the gospel, the whole goal of the gospel is to for there to be no circumstances, no person, no human, no relationship, no circumstance that I cannot move forward in love to. Another way to say that is that there is no circumstance that I cannot forgive. That's harder to say. That's loving and mercy. And the more I Train myself to love mercy. The more my heart is free to love anybody in, in anyone and in, in any circumstance, and so the and because I know what I've been set free from, I I've seen my shadow, I've seen my darkness, I've seen my sinful nature. I know just how pathetic of a piece of junk I am. I no longer look at Hitler and feel good about myself. I no longer look at Stalin. I no longer look at. Uh, uh, um, um, What's the serial killer's name? Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy, or the other crazy guy. Dahmer. Dahmer. Uh, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. I don't longer look at these guys and say and feel good about myself.
0: I'm a good person.
3: Yeah, like oh, I feel better about myself. I just met the crazy. At least I'm the world. not that guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I look at these people and I know, that, but for the grace of God, there I am. And I'm not playing when I say that. I know that that's the reality for me, that but by the grace of God, that's me. But not even that, man. I'm worse. And once you settle into that, you, when He begins to set you free from, cleanse you from that, when you're able to look in the mirror and say, God has forgiven you. I forgive you. And being, and setting, and like David says, forgiving me from the guilt of my sin. Man, then I go and begin to set people free who are indebted to me, and that process just becomes a, a reinforcing process. The more I do that, the more I'm set free. The more I'm set free, the more I want to love mercy, and and, and so it's a cleansing of the soul, the sanctification of the soul, and it's and it's God fully abiding in me, so that I can be who He wants me to be, so that I can bear much fruit, right. Uh, and, and so that for me that's the con that's what people can do that's the solution the solution is not at the ballot box it's not there it's not there okay so so if i can't if i cannot it, and this is what people are trying to do right now especially christians especially people of faith they're trying to determine their spirituality and morality based upon who they vote well We've already, I think, with our conversation, established that that you cannot base your morality that way. You cannot base your spirituality. So therefore, if you can't base your spirituality and your morality on by how you vote, how does that change your vote? Does it change your vote? So now it becomes about something else. And that, that's originally what Jacob was saying. He's like, if, it's, if I'm not looking for a, a good person, then how do you vote? If the issue is not... If the issue is to, good, to, to vote for a good person, we're all screwed. <laughs> just, fill, just write in
0: Jesus for all the candidates.
3: <laughs> you might as well write <laughs> in Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus of Nazareth.
0: <laughs>
3: Every single one of them. Ooh, <laughs> from the north side. <laughs> the, but that's originally what, you, what Jacob was started by saying. He said, I'm not trying to vote for a good person because I realize that there is none. I understand that. And that's what we're talking about. That's what I'm talking about right now. It's like, This is what that means. I know, beginning with myself, I know that clearly. Therefore, when I look at people, I don't look at them from a position of judging them from a higher position, lorded over them. I look at them from a position of compassion, knowing that I am the worst sinner, as Paul said. And I'm well in tune with the reality of that statement in my life. So that the people that I come in contact with, I'm free to love them. Because they ain't worse than I am. Right? There's, a lo- there, there's the logic that enters into that, right? Uh, they're, they're not worse than I am. Therefore, I can love them for sure. But if someone's worse than I am, deplorable. I cannot love them. I cannot even look at them. I can't even go to lunch with them. I can't even have them part of my family. They must be ostracized. Otherwise, my heart—I can get contaminated and become deplorable like them. Very, we, we, we know those prayers. And Jesus, like the Pharisee, that's sitting there saying, "Thank God, because I'm not like this is deplorable person right here." Yeah. Uh, so, so that I think that's the right question. I think that's what people can do. People can do is search their hearts, and and really ask the way the Psalmist asked: "Search my heart and see if there is any wicked way in there, God. And if there is, flush it out so that I can turn away from it." So I can be done with it, so I can be released from it, and so I can let other people, uh, 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 free other people from it as well. Right? That's the true oppression. That's the original oppression. Right? And, and that is the solution to systemic racism. That is for the hearts, individual hearts, to be healed in this manner so that they're no longer looking for their own self-interest, that they're looking for the interest and in the good and the betterment of their neighbor. That's that's what individual people can do, and and the other thing too is that when you go and vote, don't you have to take out of the equation that your vote has anything to do with spirituality, and morality? Mm-hmm. Begin there. Take out of the equation that you know you're going to vote for the most moral, just, and right person. There is none. Get that out of the equation. Okay, so move past your own self righteousness. Let's start there. Get past your own self-righteousness and and get in tune with that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is no one who seeks for righteousness. There's not one. Really sit in there so that you don't think that you're doing something spiritual by voting or that your, like your spirituality has grown 10 points because I voted you know, such and such way. No. So so then I think that comes down to the, the final or the, the 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 question that we can ask you. If spirituality and morality is not a part of that equation, then how would you vote? Or how would that affect your vote and how would you change your vote? Would it change your vote? I think that's a good place to start because I do not, that's certainly, as Jacob has said for himself, that's certainly how I approach it. I approach it as I'm not looking to vote for someone who's my Christian model, and I look up to, or anything like that, and I don't. I'm not voting so that I can feel spiritually superior to anybody. That's out of the equation. So then, what are the issues then? What I care about, I told you what my issues are. I think that the horrible thing about our uh, about governments is growing them. It's super dangerous. So then I look at the party that doesn't grow it, or or that at least is is trying not to. Or at least is not growing it at the rate that the other one wants to grow it, and then I vote that way. See how I'm not I'm not trying to say you know I'm more spiritual or I'm more moral because I voted like this. No, that's not the basis of which I am doing that. Which a lot of people are doing that, and saying that. I'm saying that from things that have I've taken that out of the equation, and I'm looking at what I believe, what I understand about governments, and what I understand about what's dangerous in governments. And, and by the way, I, I I believe that to be dangerous in in any government. So that means, uh, you know, religion as well. Centralized power in religion, I think, it's a bad idea. Really, really bad idea. So what does that mean? That means the Catholic religion and 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 tradition is probably the worst idea of all of them. Whoa! Wait, 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 wait! Anti-Catholic? Absolutely not. I'm sorry. the TED talk. <laughs> Absolutely not. But centralized, uh, does, do Catholics have centralized power? They have the most centralized power than any system probably that exists in the world. What does that tell me about, from my understanding of centralized power? That the corruptions level are off the charts. Off the charts. So that what they engage themselves in is not in the business of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They engage themselves in the politics of the world. In the system of the world and all that's in there—the lust of the flesh and lust of the eyes and the pride of life—that's what they're worried about. Sorry, I love Catholic. I love Catholics. Catholic is the best. Is it centralized power? Not a big fan. <laughs> not a big. Fan. So I'm just trying to say, uh, I, 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 I'm not. I believe that about the the regular government or the secular government, but I also believe that about the church government, or any system. Any system. Centralized power in that way. So, what do I... So, politically, what does that look like? Well, it looks like the power remains with the people at the local levels to do what there needs to be done, to change what it needs to be changed. And according to the circumstances, according to the needs, and sometimes it looks socialist. Can you believe that? Yeah, sometimes it's going to look like socialism. Tell me that the, day, the year of Jubilee doesn't look like socialism. <laughs> Explain to me how the year of jubilee doesn't—it's not socialism, please. Isn't that a redistribution of wealth? So uh, I'm trying to say is that I don't think socialism in and of itself is an evil thing. I think that human beings that have sick hearts—that system of government is really damaging, as we've seen in the 20th century.
4: Right?
3: and hopefully, we won't see in this twenty first century. But it doesn't look like we learned that lesson, right? Uh, and, and but no, I don't think socialism in itself is in of itself bad. I don't believe communism in of itself bad. I believe the human heart is evil and wickedly, desperately perverse. And as long and wherever human hearts like that are, have power. That system's bad, so whatever that system is is horrible and it's evil and it's wicked. So name that system. If there's a human heart there, that's a wicked system.
0: It's already corrupted.
3: Yeah, corruption doesn't come from the system. The corruption say so socialism will work great. Communism would be awesome if human hearts were not evil. The scripture says that when the king is righteous, everybody rejoices. That's monarch. All good in the hood. That's monarchy. That's a monarchy. (laughs) That's a monarchy. King. That's monarchy. Nobody wants to
0: behead that king.
3: You know why? You know why uh, the kingdom of heaven is going to be just utopia? You know why? Because the king is not wicked because the king proved himself in his first advent that he can resist power and say no to it and that's what he did in the wilderness and that's what he did all his earthly life so that he was deemed worthy of ruling where in the kingdom of heaven So he's going to rule in the kingdom of heaven. And the monarchy, by the way, it's not going to be a capitalist system. (laughs) This cracks me up. It's not going to be capitalism in the kingdom of heaven. That's a monarchy. It's a rule by one.
0: And he won't be a tyrant. Except he won't be a tyrant. That's the interesting part, that we can't put together. Because why?
3: Because of his heart. And that's why I say, name any form of government. It's not, the, it's not the governments that is the actual issue. That's why if Biden wins tomorrow, I don't, okay, I'll tell you, I don't think he's going to win. I think Trump's going to win by a way bigger margin than he won last time. That's what I believe. But I don't care being wrong. If Biden wins tomorrow, nothing changes for me in my life. If something in your life changes because of the way the vote goes tomorrow, if something changes in your heart and in your life, you got serious problems that are way not connected to these politics that are very personal and individual. And you're and you're deceiving yourself to think the problem's outside. It's completely inside.
0: Your problems with people that have no idea that you exist. Yeah. Right. It's it's it's
3: so Joe Biden wins tomorrow?
0: God is still on the throne.
3: Well, I don't even have to say that. <laughs> That's somebody trying to console
2: themselves. Well, I had to say that a lot to my family members last election. So I'm just you know, I'm looking for my speech again. Is he though? <laughs> as, as they're tearing out their beards and their hair.
3: Okay, so back to the last question or the last statement would be: If Biden wins tomorrow. What happens if Biden wins tomorrow? For my life, Biden wins tomorrow. Absolutely nothing changes. I still keep loving the same people. I still keep working and moving towards people. I don't get bitter towards the left. I don't uh, uh, allow that to overwhelm me. Yeah, I have my ideas about that stuff, but it should not supersede the core, my core being of who I am. I have to protect my heart. I have to put in mind that's Proverbs. Guard your heart above all things, because the issues of life flow from it. And that's what Jesus did, and that's our job to do with it too, so that we can engage with people, so that we can have conversations with people, uh, so that um, the we don't continue to, cons- you know, take bites of each other and be consumed completely by one another. This is not what we should be doing. And I think this is a testament to what the things that we talked about today, which is that. We've we've we should have been at the place where politics does not consume our lives. You know. It's something that we think about every four years or whatever. Or whenever there's an election and uh so that we can have uh you know, just wisdom, people with wisdom in our in our government that is not seeking to uh that's seeking to manage everything, you know, in a in a in a straightforward way, like they would any, like we would want any business to, to function and run, and where the bottom line is not the dollar, you know, it, it's uh, we care about it, but it's not the only thing we care about. Um, and I, I think that we need to get to a place certainly, where we're we're not obsessed about politics anymore. We have to get away from it. It's it's consuming us, as if the solutions to any of our problems. Can be solved through politics. I think we covered that pretty extensively.
2: Yeah, uh, same. I, I echo that that sentiment. You know, for me, um, you know that this doesn't change who God is, regardless of the outcome. You know, historically speaking, throughout the story of humanity. Uh, the goodness of God is the constant in all those stories and narratives and variables. And 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 God is good if Democrats are in power and God is good if Republicans are in power. And, and in the past, he was good when good kings were in power and he was good when wicked kings were in power. He was uh, good when Stalin was in power. You, you know, he's, he's good when... when we go through suffering and he's good when we're going through times of, of, of plenty or times of, of peace. Um, so he's been constant in, in my life throughout all of my ups and downs and issues and, in, in dealing with, you know, a lot, a lot of the things that we talked about, uh, today. So, uh, He continues to be sovereign. He continues to be good. And nothing that any human on earth does can change that or diminish that. Or
3: should. Or should change that. Because it can. Let
2: ourselves. Right. Yes.
0: No earthly politics don't change him and his essence either. That's one thing that we about
3: sometimes and yeah, that's what happens when we start fixating on very detail on the details of things you know you get caught up in social media or what people what this person says what that person says oh that was funny or that was this or that was so true and then look at how this is so unfair and this is so unjust and this is on you know and it's just back and forth back and forth there's no end to that
0: as if, as if life is centered around right. social media and right. it's the only way that we can live is, is we couldn't live before social media. Or, somehow. Or, or, or like if a tweet's going to change the
3: world, <laughs> right? Like, like if a tweet's going to change the world and like, oh, look, we exposed the media corruption. The media is going to repent. We see like, that. That's the whole point that we're talking about. We're, we're, we're talking about these things as if they had life in and of themselves, the media doesn't have life in themselves. There's no amount of evidence that you show the media that's gonna get the media to repent, because human hearts aren't changed like that. They're not changed by the evidence that you give them. You know, and and that tells us about the the state of our media and whatnot. But you know, uh, it's and so I think we get caught up in like, oh, if we can expose this corruption then everything's going to change. No. Because human hearts don't change like that. They're not transformed that way. So, I I, I just think we need to de-accelerate. And, and honestly, I, I, I think the only way that happens is if the left wins. The only chance of that happening is if the left wins.
1: What's the, what's our... Um... What's the code for a break? <laughs> Joe Biden
4: 2020. Joe Biden 2020. <laughs> and, and and the reason
3: I and the reason I'm saying that is because you know you 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 don't the the right don't tend to loot and riot and they don't tend to do those things. I'm not saying they won't. I'm just saying they don't tend to. But we we're guaranteed that the left is going to do it already. And those things matter to us because those things affect our everyday lives. Um, but I think uh, I think that's where I think that's what's true. In, as a, in going back to your first question, what's real and what's not real, or what's true about the candidates and what's not true. And I think this is a good place uh, to f- uh, bring it to a close, or somewhat of a close. Uh, in, in talking about what's real and what's not, what's not real.
0: What matters, what doesn't matter. What matters, what doesn't matter. That's right.
4: Yeah. Well,
0: thank you for joining us, guys. Once again, thank you for taking the time out to be with us and to discuss some ideas that tend to divide us. But as we're learning, right, that the mercy of God has allowed us to reconcile to him and to each other. So, Thank you.
3: Okay. Thank you for the invitation. It was, it was fun. Glad to be here. I'm glad to be out of the house.
1: <laughs> we love our wives and our children.
3: Yes, the Lord bless our wives and children.
4: <laughs> Good night. Good night.